Hey, what up, my brethren? We're back, back with another episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. I couldn't be more jazzed about my guest on this one, Joey Chiarmonti, Chiarmonti, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm fucking butchering your name, of Koyo. Everyone in the scene has witnessed this band blow up in the last couple of years, and it's been so nice to see. Their debut full-length record is due out in September on Pure Noise, and we got a chance to talk about the rollout for the release and what to expect on this new effort. Man, you'll hear it all in this episode. Some wild tour incidents, Joey's lifestyle outside of the road life, and just so many cool tidbits about his life. He's a hardworking dude, and you'll get a sense of what this guy does on a day-to-day basis. If you don't have them yet, grab yourself some tickets to their tour with No Pressure and Fleshwater kicking off later this month. This tour is going to be ridiculous on every level, and you simply need to be there to witness it. Most of the tour is sold out, but this is one that's really worth the upsell and admission. Trust me. And to the homies in Buffalo, what are you, what are you doing? That show, Rec Room, is the only event on the first half of the tour that isn't sold out. Get that place packed in. Come on. Major thanks to Joey for hanging. I had a blast and can't wait to hear the new stuff. Be sure to follow Joey on Instagram at Joey, C-H-I-A-R-A-M-O-N-T-E to stay up to date on all that he's got going on. And of course, Koyo at Koyo, L-I-H-C. Without further ado, let's rip into this shit. Sit back. Relax. Let's drive out east, baby. Not sure if you were aware, the other podcasts don't compare. Tell your mom if she's too busy to literally stop what she's doing. I need all layers on me as I interview legends for thee. Grab your friends, your dog, and your fish. It's time to rip a new episode for the kids. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. How you doing, man? I'm chilling. How are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for being here. I fucking love Koyo. Dude, I appreciate it. Yo, thank you for having me. Like, truly, uh, I oh, appreciate yeah. getting hit up for podcast stuff always. It's just dope to chat about all all things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a right. bit of a talker, so it's, it's appreciated. Great way for the free promotion, too. I love doing it. Oh, yeah. Well, vice versa, you know. Right. It, it's Hell a, yeah. Everybody feels good things. It's a win-win <laughs> situation, for sure. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> Dopeness. I, I appreciate it, for real. Yeah. Um, I always start out with an easy one. Have you caught any good movies lately? Good question. Have I? Have I? So I think the last thing I went to see in theaters was Scream Six, Ooh. which I liked. I'm yeah. I'm I'm a Scream franchise lover. Like I've always been a, a Scream believer. Like yeah. I think Scream One is and Two, frankly, are are god tier. Oh man, I, such I like a great sequel. Love it's it's undeniable, dude. It's yeah. it's it's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it's not like I'm saying something crazy here. I think a lot of, I think many people would feel the same. Like screams some some goaded shit. Um, Absolutely. I, I didn't despise Scream Five, but it was definitely kind of rough, rough around the edges. There was a lot I didn't like about it. More right. I didn't like than liked. Scream Six was like the the ultimate bounce for me. I I really liked it a lot. I I, cool, en- yeah. I enjoyed it a whole whole lot. Like as a fan of the franchise, like as a person that. You know, as many do, just pays attention to the little nuances, like, yeah. you know, like 
how much fan service is happening here like are are they like going too hard with that shit like how how in, how much integrity and function does the actual story have and whatnot like the things that like made like a movie like scream special like i feel like scream 6 had a lot more of that than uh than 5 did 5 just felt like a weird like fan fiction effort or right. 6 felt like its own real proper thing i definitely respect what they're doing with 5 and 6 but i definitely can feel west craven's absence and like the totally. later entries for sure but uh the first that one was very just, apparent the first one was just lightning in a bottle like they'll never retop that yeah of course of course yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it's like even they as a franchise can be as self-aware about that as they want but like the reality is like some things are just sacred in time and place and scream is one of those things right but as, as a as a person that's somewhat hard to please six got me good I'm i'm here for it yeah the new york setting was pretty cool yeah it was a nice change of pace you know like yeah. It, it led for a, a lot of I don't want to throw spoilers out here or nothing. I mean, I know the movie's been out a bit, but I won't I won't get too specific. But like, right. it led to a good pace, like a lot of, a lot of ways to move the story along. A, a little create, like I feel like horror franchises like break their usual setting boundaries, and sometimes it's dope, sometimes it's not. That this time it was it was very dope. No, definitely. So so you grew up in Long Island. What's life like there as a kid? Um, it is. It is like true stock suburbia in in a dope way. Yeah. Like where so like Long Island's like broken up and like straight down the middle. Like you have Nassau County and Suffolk County. Um, Nassau County's closer to New York City. I'm from Suffolk County, so I'm if you uh, it varies by where you're going, but I'm like a little over an hour from New York City. Um, yeah. I'm kind of like like people people use the term out east a lot. Like I don't live out east per se. Maybe to someone I do, but like. I feel like where I I come from a town called Stony Brook and I feel like we're like the tail end of like where it's not considered out east and I think once you drive like 20 more minutes east of where I live like east of a a road called Nichols Road I think that's where you begin the the voyage out east I think I'm like the last vestige of like the middle of the island but not Middle Island which is a town which I don't claim I'm Stony yeah. Brook <laughs> it, gets, it gets very confusing Hell but yeah. uh it's you know it's 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 like uh like many other suburbs but the interesting thing about long island is is like geographically for one thing like you can go north to south in like 15 minutes basically anywhere because it's it's as it's been you know cited a long island east to west it's like two hours and change but north to south it's 15 minutes anywhere and you you definitely have these little minutiae differences in culture like town to town you know it's it i feel like a lot of places like you know, towns like say you're in the Midwest, like towns themselves can be so far apart and towns don't always have as much culture as like a proper city where like, you know, like Stony Brook, Lindenhurst, Huntington, Massapequa, like these places are all not too far from one another. But like you can you can see like a difference in local culture and like the types of people in each town and like you just know certain people are from certain places, like in, in a positive way and sometimes negative way, depending yeah. on your perspective. Uh, but it's interesting because it's all so close, you know, like I'm I'm 30 minutes from Huntington. I'm 30 minutes from Lindenhurst. I'm 45 minutes from Massapequa. I'm 20 minutes from Smithtown. And all these places have their own distinguishing factors culturally, locally that that make them like so dense in in population. And I guess just like unique qualities like people from long island are like very die by their town people typically you know and and for sure 
it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting for me, but I'm a, I'm a die by Stony Brook guy, which is a place that no one would know about if there wasn't a university here. That's the thing that puts it on the map. Do you claim Amityville or is that too far? It, I don't claim it. It's very far, but I respect Amityville. And, and oh, yeah. so like, there's like a South shore block of towns that like all the hardcore shows historically have gone through. Um, and Amityville is, is one of them. But like, I feel like, like there's like this, like South shore stretch. Um, and I, I've just spent a lot of my life in Amityville go to shows and whatnot. So it's like, I have a love for it that I like, I, it's, it's even interesting. Like it's not that much time, but even over the course of like, I guess like, 12 years of regularly going to Amityville. Like I've seen yeah. so much of it change, but it's, it's awesome. It's cool. It's, it's uh, I'm not a hater. I just don't claim it. That's all I caught. I'm a I North caught... Shore Suffolk guy. Oh yeah, for sure. I caught a no pressure set in Philly uh, last summer on a Friday night. And I made the mistake of not ordering a hotel in advance. Mm-hmm. So I slate, I stayed in a Walmart parking lot in Amityville and it was awesome. Really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Wait, so yeah. how'd you end up going from Philly to Long Island? Was that just... Well, I was planning on going to all their shows. I was going to that one. I went to the Philly one, and then... I okay, had to... got you, got you. And I was visiting my cousin, who's in, like, uh, the Coast Guard or whatever in Massachusetts. So I figured it'd be cool to just, like, hit the shows and then go see him. I feel. And... That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It's an interesting place to just, just land on, you know? It's like Walmart in, in Amityville. Right, yeah. I literally drove through the night trying to find a hotel, and then I just wound up there, and I'm like, well, shit. You know, yeah. all all the hotels are expensive out there. They're like two hundred no, bucks a sure. night on the weekend. They just like hike it up. Most hotels are mad expensive on Long Island, and then you have places. They have like all these motor inns that like you don't you don't want to stay at those. They're no, not great. Sure. Like yeah. like there was one in uh in Amityville. I think it was considered Amityville. It's on one ten, which is the road that goes like north to south. Right. Um, and Amityville passes through that. Um, but there was a place called Sayonara Motel, and it was like a <laughs> Like my parents knew it is like, oh, like that's where people like do drugs and stuff. That's, like that's, that's like, where you go to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You literally go to die there and it burnt down a couple of years ago. And like that was like the most fitting end ever. The place literally lit on fire. You can find videos of it on YouTube and and it it just, you know, it's gone. I think it got replaced with like a Starbucks or some shit, you know, like something something that when the opportunity to replace a depraved place is, is given amazing. to a, a realtor, I'm, I'm sure something funny went up in his place. But it, it w- I would pass it all the time going to shows, like just going down 110. And I was always like, damn, that place looks fucked, but kind of cool. It was not cool. It was definitely fucked. And it it uh, it went out as it was on fire. That's sick. You know? it's I, haven't, dope. I haven't spent a whole a lot of time in not Long Island. I'm from Buffalo, but... Uh, mm. Which is ways away. That's another thing I think people don't don't realize if you're not from New York in any capacity. You're not oh, from yeah. Northeast. Like, Long Island and Buffalo, by New York standards, we are as far away from one another as possible. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Everybody thinks Buffalo's upstate. I'm like, no, it's western New York. <laughs> yeah, nowhere yeah. nowhere it's, near. It's, it is deep. It, <laughs> it is like truly a six like hour people, drive. People call Hudson Valley upstate. You know, it's like, <laughs> which which isn't even that far from me in the grand scheme of things. Like, Buffalo right. is far. Buffalo is so track. far. Yeah. Um, but like I've heard, the Long Island hardcore scene is truly just bonkers, especially today. What do you think makes it so special, and why are so many awesome bands coming out of there? Well, I, I so one thing that I personally think has like persisted through like many generations of it is is like population density. Like I think, literally speaking, like the the thing people don't realize about Long Island is like we have metropol metropolis populations in single towns. Like that that town I referenced earlier, Smithtown. I think. Uh, in population, 
is equivalent to like like it's like above bar to be considered a city in other places in the country like there's so many people and with people comes culture and creativity and things of that sort like we just have a lot of people um so i think just mathematically like it produces a lot of creative people but but personally i think the the key thing that has always made long island dope in this traces back to the 90s the 2000s every generation of like long island hardcore has had this similar quality and and i think side tangent thought i think this is way more normal in hardcore today broadly but this was always a long island quality is that long island hardcore was more about this the like it was more about being a participant in the scene than what the actual music sounds like like you look back in the 90s like you have bands like vod which is more metal Neglect, which is a little more metal, Sound Majority, which like they have songs that like are more emo or pop punk. This is gonna be inspiration for our band. Like right. they're all hardcore bands because they all come from the same scene and play the same shows. But those bands all differ from each other greatly. They were all friends, they all come from the same thing. And I think you have a rollover of that, like I could go on for days of all the other micro band group examples, but you see that going into the two thousands, the twenty tens, and even right now, like to to case in point this is like you know like pain of truth for instance is a very different band than koyo but those are good friends and people we grew up with and people i've known more of my life than not and it's like you know in 10 years ago if we played a show together somewhere else in the country people might scratch their heads at that but that's just always been a normal thing on long island and i think stuff like that's more broadly normal now especially with like the modern hardcore fest culture being like very mixed like you have some death metal some hardcore some emo everything in between dude and, but, and the mixed uh, bills are the best too i feel like yeah. that just turns you on to so many new fans dude uh th- this guy jake zimmerman from long island uh he uh he's like a booking agent now and i i believe he, he you know he he booked vane who i was a road dog before for a long time he does not lose like right. a bunch of other he does like a lot of metal stuff but he was a promoter on long island for a long time and he did that that festival mixtape fest like that the whole intention was the idea was like it's going to be a hodgepodge of stuff like maybe it's funny now because you look back at it and like by today's standards it's not even that mix it's just like there's there's definitely like a dichotomy of like here's like a hardcore day here's like a pop punk day here's a metal day so on and so forth but but he he was like a, a big proprietor even like over a decade ago of like doing mixed bills and on long island that worked right. i'm not sure that would have worked in like Chicago not to get too specific but Chicago or Texas or like other places in the country like I don't think something like mixtape would have been as successful in certain other places at the time because I think people not for any reason or another it's hard to pinpoint truly what it is but like there was just definitely like more of like a a, you felt way more of a rub when mixed bills happened like sometimes they would just flop and be weird but now it's like it's celebrated which which is cool and obviously dope for for my band you know because I I, want to play with everything and you know i, I want to play shows with bands that don't sound like my band ideally no it's definitely a lot more normal now but i think that's what made warp tour so special you know it just it just led to higher sales because there were so many different genres playing and it just brought out so totally. many more kids it, it definitely like that was probably a place where even if you went there for one thing you probably like as a teenager you probably left with the at least the seed of another in your brain. Like you, right. you might've went there to see like a metalcore band, but you might've left like a pop punk band or even like, yeah. you know, a classic punk band that might be on a headlining stage. Like there's definitely a lot of variety. And I think, uh, I think stuff like that goes a long way. And, and it was like super unavoidable too. Like you'd be walking past stages of just random bands. And a lot yeah. of times you had free time and it was like, okay, let's watch under oath. Like I saw under oath in like 2008 at warp tour. 
And I was like, who the hell are these guys? And I was just like, oh, that's sick. But yeah, yeah totally. you just get, you get turned it's, on to random bands. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like as into them at the time, but like, I remember like Warped Tour 2010, like seeing Suicide Silence and like, yeah. I liked, I liked like Fuck yeah. a song or two because it was also like LimeWire era where I feel like I downloaded more songs than albums. Hell but yeah. like at the time, like Suicide Silence was like a little hard for me. I was into <laughs> it, but I wasn't like sold on it yet. And then I saw that set and I was like, yeah, this shit's crazy. This shit is legitimately fucked. Like that, that was like the big winner for, for me on that one. Even if you didn't like that music, like gotta respect Mitch Lucker, his like stage presence. That guy was just nuts. Yeah. He was, he oh, was super crazy. talented. Yeah. A hundred percent. Wild voice, just wild, wild front man shit. And that, that was like a real moment of like, I know we're like retrospectively look back. It's like, Oh, it's like warp tour. It's like, no one's like really moshing that hard or anything. It's not that crazy, but like by warp tour standards, like that, I was very clear. That was like, this goes a little harder than everything else. I can clearly, right. I can see this is cut a little different than like the rest of what's happening today. You know? Right. It was bands like that though. That would like split the fucking crowd and be like, all right, wall of death time. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just yeah, straight up that, that was the type of shit where it's like, I, hey, as a 14 year old, I'm like, I'm gonna step back. Right. I'm gonna step back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just watch from here. I still don't like, do that shit. I can't do that. Freaks yeah. me out. That, that, never, that shit's that's stressful, man. That's you crazy. Just, you never know the outcome. <laughs> no, straight up. That's that's just a lottery. You're just asking to get tripped and knocked over and stopped on. And like, yo, some people live off that. Some people just live for the the thrill of feeling Getting their body get beat. hurt. <laughs> I, I I as a person who likes to lift weights and has to sing for a band finds less and less appeal with getting my ass beat as I get older. Not right. no appeal, but less than I had even half a decade ago, you know? No, definitely. There's there's a fine line for sure. Um, did you play any sports growing up? Um, I played baseball as a kid, like little league type thing, like true, like suburbia thing. Like my dad was just like, I like baseball. So you're gonna like baseball too. And baseball is dope. I still put respect on it, but I stopped playing by like seventh grade. I did, I did Kempo. I did like got my black belt in Kempo <laughs> when I was like 13. It's like, yeah, that transfers to some degree, like, uh, like just that, like a reflex level. And like, I guess just like hand-eye coordination, but it's like, I can't like, it's not like I just because I have a black belt from when I was 13 doesn't mean I could just like whoop anyone's ass, you know? Um, and then I played like tennis in like middle school and shit. Like I definitely nice. like I feel like Koyo, like Harold and TJ were like big hockey guys, like big baseball guys. Like like definitely Harold, like even Spanos too, like they all played baseball in the middle school. Yeah. And that's kind of where I dropped off. And then by high school, all of us were just kind of doing other stuff. But I think everyone had like a little league upbringing. Everyone was playing baseball when we were young, which is dope. I mean, we all proceeded to get older and like, I I, I think get like, as as we were like young adults and stuff, like reinterested in like playing things like going going to like a local field and playing baseball, playing kickball, playing tennis, right. like just kind of like re like I literally played tennis for the first time in like two years uh, a couple <laughs> nights ago at like the Stony Brook University campus. We like found like a, a court that was lit at night and. It was awesome. You know, it's like I I, I feel like when I was like getting into music, it's like, oh, like this is like my thing now. Like I'm going to just like dive into playing guitar and like loving music or whatever. And I like I like put things like sports to the wayside. Right. But it's like now I've kind of like come full circle on it where it's like, yo, like I, I want to know more about sports than I do at this moment. I want to be psyched on the football season, the baseball season, like 
I want to be, I want to like Harold and TJ be like a cracked out Islanders fan. Like that's, that's what I want for myself. It's just, you know, totally matter getting there. It's got like anything. You got to do the research, do the reps, watch the games and, and figure it out. I think baseball is definitely one of the best sports for kids to play. It's just a great way to like make friends and all the time you spend in the dugout, just kind of hanging out and talking like a hundred percent, a great thing to do. People, people hate on baseball because they're like, Oh, it's boring. And, I suppose I could to a degree understand that as a spectator because it's it's a turn-based game in the sense that like the batter is up, the yeah. pitch is delivered, sometimes nothing happens, but that that's like the thrill of the game. It's it's the it's a, a lesson in patience. It's like, yo, when 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 that ball is cracked, like when a fucking home run is hit, when something special happens, it's like a celebrated moment. You're waiting for the big pops. Like I, I think I think people just don't have the uh attention span for it sometimes because everyone's just myself included ADD-ified, you know especially these days i'm sure everybody's just on their phone at the games anyway yeah yeah exactly exactly Sad. but like the thrill of like go for me going to a yankees game when i was a kid was just like yeah like i mostly know what's going on like i know how to play baseball because i'm doing little league right and like all these like superstar players that like i see on tv and my dad has all these jerseys and hats for like oh shit one of them just hit a home run i'm gonna scream like <laughs> Maybe it, like that's like the thrill. It's like it's it's the lulls make the fucking rips dope. Like, but I, but I get how like if you're like more into something like hockey or football, like there are sports where it's like yo shit's happening every basically every second, you know? Right. It's it's a little more little more high action. But I'm I'm a I'm a baseball believer. It's probably my favorite of the like AAA sports. You know, definitely one of the most fun to play. Uh, totally. I, it's that and back in a line drive. That shit feels good. No, definitely that that and basketball are my favorite to play. But to watch like in person, I definitely would say hockey. And then football. I, put, I put I put big respect on hockey. I like it because it's the most you know violent sport and it's so that's fun. Pretty dope. That yeah. is dope. You know, like it's a sport where where people fuck with fighting. Like that's pretty awesome. You know, yeah. like you can't you can't you can't deny that that's just that's got a little extra edge than everything else. You know, I was at a, a Buffalo Sabers game like fifteen at least fifteen years ago. Um, and this, this player Zednik got his like neck slit open from like a skate and we were in like dude. the nosebleeds, dude. It was like a whole pool of blood going over the whole entire ice. It was crazy. That's fucking crazy. And he survived. And that's like, <laughs> thank God. It's yeah. like, what an insane way to go. You know, like that's just right. the type of shit where you're like, you imagine that'll happen, but don't necessarily foresee it literally happening. Like to, to be yeah. present for that is crazy. It was awesome. <laughs> not not awesome. It, it was sad, yeah, but yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> like it's sad. It's sad, it like, but fuck. retrospectively, but he's fine. It's like hockey's yeah. dope. You know, like that's <laughs> yeah. like that's like a real moment of like it's dope because that's possible. I don't want that to happen. No, not but at that all. is a part of the broader possibility of the game. Right. Like, that's crazy. If if you're a person that like wants action, that's action, you know? Yeah, just riding the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so when did music find its way into your life? Uh, what are some of the first things you caught yourself listening to on the regular and, and who are some of your earliest influences? Um, good question. I'd say like, so I, I early on, like I definitely had like a lot of music played. My house was like very musical. My parents were like always playing music. My dad had like one of those crazy stereos that could like fit like 200 CDs and stuff. Like there was yeah. always music play being played around me, but it was definitely more like, you know, like, you know, your Frank Sinatra's and uh, Billy Joel's and Michael Jackson stuff where I, I wouldn't necessarily like deem myself. Like, I mean, obviously all that stuff's dope and I love it, but it's like at the time I'm not like, Oh, I'm, I'm 10. I'm a fan of Frank Sinatra. Like 
it didn't click in that way. I was just kind of passively absorbing that music. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of got into, like some more like classic rock stuff, like that my dad liked, like Led Zeppelin and Van Halen. That stuff was always being played too. So I got into that shit. Um, and then Guitar Hero honestly was like a big thing for me. And a lot of and a lot of my like younger friends, where it's like I loved gaming as a kid and still do now. And Guitar Hero is like this bridge of like, yeah, I like classic rock, I like video games. So let me get into here, and it definitely exposed me to some more music. But I think the real like eureka moment was meeting the guitar player of Koyo Harold or one of the guitar players. We met the first day of seventh grade because um, I saw he was playing guitar like in one of the, like the practice rooms. And I at that point had been taking guitar lessons for like a year. And I was like, I just want to meet new people who want to do that. Because like when you're 12, like the only when you play guitar and love classic rock bands and shit. You, the next instinct is I want to start a band. I need people to start a band with. Right. So like I instantly zoomed in on him and I was like, who are you? And we basically became friends instantly and have been friends for 14 years, almost 15 years since. Um, but Harold had an older sister who was like into like the 2000s emo stuff. So she would go to like taking back Sunday movie life Thursday, like shows like that. Um, and her showing Harold all that stuff basically made it so Harold was my gateway to that stuff. So Harold showed me like taking back Sunday brand oh, new, yeah. like how even like some like metalcore stuff from that time. Like, I feel like Harold showed me like the devil was Prada and he showed me suicide silence. Like he showed me like a hodgepodge of emo and like metalcore stuff. Um, and like, that was still like a time where like MySpace was on its tail end. So I definitely like heard some like funny, funny, like I, before I even liked hardcore music, like I heard irate and everybody gets hurt on MySpace. Like, right. like I heard like Goon Squad and Vendetta on MySpace. And that's not because I like liked those bands when I was 12. They just like these things were so extreme. They were like amusing to us. Yeah. So I'd be like, put that as like your MySpace song. It's like, oh, this shit's like fuck. But I wouldn't come to actually like have a love for those bands until years later, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, that that was like, I think the big Eureka moment was like meeting Harold and kind of getting exposed to a couple different flavors of alternative music by proxy of his, uh, his older sister. Um, and then Blink-182 had just gotten back together. Like it was like 2008. So like that following summer, we went to like the 2009, like all the bass player of Koyo now, me, Harold, like a bunch of our other friends from like childhood, like all went to see Blink-182 uh -huh. uh, at Jones beach. And that was dope because that was Blink weezer and take it back sunday so that was my first time seeing tbs right and that you know that was like some real formative stuff like that was a time where it's like oh i'm going to a concert like i didn't go to shows locally like i wasn't being like exposed to a whole lot of stuff beyond like the internet and what our like immediate scope of like friends and stuff was getting into so you get you get into stuff a little slower than when you're an adult you know right so like to the, to even have the possibility of seeing taking back sunday a band i knew i liked to see weezer blank bands that i knew i liked that was like biblical at the time it's like oh i'm seeing things that like feel feel larger than life and and are you know like it's yeah. it's pretty crazy so that that was a pretty i think from there we basically were we were already doing band stuff but we were just like so music obsessed and we were just covering tbs and brand new and blank and just all all these other like bands that like we would just get together and do band practice like once twice a week in my in my den at my parents house and just make, write songs cover songs like we were just like obsessed as like 12 13 year olds with with that right. type of music 
Dude, I'm so jealous you got to go to that Blink tour. I got fucked for that. So literally, we had tickets to go see that exact show in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And me and my dad drove like four hours to go there. And we find out when we got there that they canceled day of. Dude, because that's, I, that's brutal. Because I think I think Travis had to go to a funeral or something because of the guy that like died on the plane crash, I think it was. Something like that. Oh, wow. But it was super That's last insane. minute. Yeah, so we didn't even get an email because obviously there, that was pre-like iPhone era. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't just get a ping saying like, hey, stop driving. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, you find out real, but, real time. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a bummer. I, I ended up seeing him on the Honda Civic tour, but I got to yeah, see Taken I, Back I Sunday pretty early. Yeah. That 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 was my uh my my follow up was uh the Honda Civic tour, which is so funny because like I remember for whatever reason, like I just didn't uh what's the word? Like I remember just being there and like not like I was psyched to be there, but like yeah. retrospectively, like that tour also just had like an insane lineup and the gravity of it yeah. was like so lost on me that I was just like, Yeah, I'm seeing Alcon Trio and my cam and and Blink. <laughs> crazy it's, it's a it's a concert i'm going to a concert like like i don't know i just like i was psyched like, i thought it was dope but like now i feel like looking back on that you know over a decade later i'm like that's a fucking crazy tour wait like, you got alkaline insane. trio we we got Man- manchester orchestra we, we got alkaline trio for our day wow for, for for jones beach pretty crazy that's wild just an, an insane lineup you know it's like like that's just wild shit perhaps the seeds of you know, alkaline trio blink combo to come, you know, it's just like interesting, interesting shit retrospectively. Right. Um, I actually, I got to see taking back Sunday on the project revolution tour with Lincoln park and my chemical romance in 2007. Oh, dude, that's so dope. One of the best that's shows awesome. I ever saw, dude. Um, no, I'm sure that's fucking amazing. That's prime time. Like you're, you're, right. you're seeing them, you're seeing them off a of louder now, like side so uh, and just that lineup too. Like, yeah, Lincoln Park's dope. Like, I was never a crazy Lincoln Park guy, but I think the band's awesome. Kind of one of those yeah. bands where it's like, as I got older, I'm like, yo, this shit's sick. Like, my chem's obviously fucking amazing and just undeniable right. shit. Like, crazy tour for that time. Yeah, and then they had like Seosin, The Bled, Mindless Self Indulgence, like a lot of great openers too. But that like whole era of just like MTV too, like watching music videos at home and just like the new video would premiere on your TV. Like, nothing will ever beat that. Yeah, it's it's definitely a time and a place thing. It's interesting. Like even like waking up for school, like I remember just like seeing music videos because I'd have like VH1 or MTV on, and right. and like that is like a, a thing that's. I mean, like I'm sure it shows itself in different forms. Like kids wake up and scroll their TikTok, and I'm sure they see clips from music videos and stuff. But yeah. there there was something interesting about like I wake up, this song I like with this video I like is playing, and I'm going to watch this from start to finish before I go take my shower, or eat my breakfast, you right. know, like. That I think is like a uniquely time and place thing. Yeah. With like music being on television, you know? That's how I caught like I'm not okay, sugar we're going down, like make Mm -hmm. damn sure. Like I'll never forget those days. A hundred percent. Like the the videos like that are just like cemented in your brain. Right. They'll they'll never leave. And that's that's because you're just seeing it in passing. And even that too, like the excitement of like a make damn sure popping up on on like fuse or something when you're a kid is like, oh. I like this. I I go out of my way to consume this as a person. I think this is the coolest shit in the world. This right. is showing up on my TV by chance. Right. You know, like that's that's a crazy feeling. Um, it, it seems like they had a lot more money for videos back then too, because they were like a lot more cinematic than they are now. Oh yeah. Well, l- l- let me tell you, like we've been like we we did all the videos for our new record, and like yeah. they're awesome. They came out dope. Like I'm really psyched on it. But like 
there i think the early 2000s like labels just threw around a lot more money than they right. do now for that stuff like labels still value videos like there is still value in music videos but right. because it's not built into like broadcasting like you know like the end of the day there's no mtv to pitch a video to there's there's no big breakout on television like i think just the the room to shove crazy budgets and videos has gone down right. but it's also cool because for us it kind of created more of like a, a challenge where it's like yo like i want to make this dope i want to make this yeah. special and have that same like those same cinematic qualities as those videos from that right. era so it's like you know that that led us to to being very particular creative and really vesting ourselves in like making these videos dope for, for the new stuff. No. Yeah. There's definitely a lot more room for like creativity and it's just the DIY style is like actually really sick on its own, but exactly. It, 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 it makes you get your hands a little, a little dirty to get the, if not the same result, a similar result, you know, if you, if yeah. you want the same, like uh, we're, we're dropping a song that uh, this, this month, like, I don't want to say the day, but like we're putting a song <laughs> out this month, starting the rollout of our new record pre-orders, the whole nine and oh, dropping yeah. a video with it. And I don't want to spoil the video, but like the shoot location, the personnel involved, like, like our friends that shot it, who also shot the video from Rich's a long time ago. Like, Hell like, yeah. so like we, we were at the tail end of our video budget and the way things worked out, it's like, Oh, the lead single has the least amount of budget right now. <laughs> which is bad you know it's like that's like not a good thing but thanks to the help of friends and like just brainstorming and being you know people doing favors for us figuring out the right cast of people who could help make it happen like we had budget left over i mean i just diced up the budget and gave it to the, right. made the video but like we we spent very little on the video in the end like we mostly the shoot location cost nothing the personnel basically aside from crew cost nothing like the the props and whatnot cost very little like we made it we made something out of nothing essentially you know and 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 i think it turned out fucking amazing with that in mind no definitely and it's it's a lot better without the studio interference anyway yeah it's no, just it's it's dope just find a spot find a camera crew rent if you gotta rent in terms of equipment and just make something you think is dope you know and you just need to bring somebody on board that can spread the budget like correctly anyway yeah exactly exactly and i was kind of like hands-on with this one in the way of like just figuring all that shit out like like sort of you I, sort of sort of did like a part in like a hand in like directing it a little bit yeah yeah well like, like sam and connor uh are the people that directed it um and uh they're like friends of ours that we we've connor uh hargreaves especially is like a friend of we've we've known for a long time i met connor like in 2015 um so it's like they're 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 good friends of ours and whatnot um and uh they kind of like sam as a director like has got his own chops and can like hold any session down like they didn't need me to to do anything but we had this concept for a long time the three of us kind of like stewed out on the story and like drafted it together so they, they let me get in there and get my kind of get my feet wet with like directing it a little bit like that's cool I, I don't want to take away from what they did because they were like a huge part of like making it happen. But like, it was one of those things where it's like, when all was said and done, it was like, Oh shit, I guess I kind of directed that. You know, it's, it's, it's like that. Yeah. Like I was sitting there with a monitor telling people what to do. It's like, not, not that you can go to college for directing or anything like that, but like <laughs> right. that's what that was. I was giving direction and steering the, the, the ship and whatnot. And sa same thing. We did another video with Eric Richter who did like, 
the new Jesus piece video. He did all the vein music videos. Like he's a friend as well. And yeah. Eric also like, n- because he knew that I was going to have like some type of directorial involvement Vision. with the, yeah. Well, yeah. well not just in general, like with that, the lead single, um, he was like, yo, like he literally told me, like when I picked him up, he's like, yo, I want to make sure like you, you like crush it, like doing that. So you're going to, you're going to help me with this. And when we did the the video for this other unnamed song, like Eric, Eric is way more of like a director's voice. Like he, there were things where he like made certain calls and like he would direct his crew and whatnot, but like, and, and direct uh, the people acting, but like he would defer to me to do the same a lot. And that kind of like, again, like just gave me a first exposure to doing something like that. You know, like I'd never, I'd never had to weigh in real time. I'd never had to go back and forth with somebody be like, is this dope? Is this whack? Like do more of this, do more of that. And Eric intentionally kind of gave me like a little directorial boot camp when we did that other video that people will see later this year. And that, that was pretty cool because again, like so many skills in life are like learned by doing. Oh yeah. Like you, you don't really know how to like, you'd never, you'd never like, attend i mean i suppose you could but like most people wouldn't attend like a class to learn how to like direct in or like get their feet wet it's like the production side of stuff you kind of yeah. just do yep. like i sort of know how to edit like in premiere pro just from doing like i'm not great at it like i, yeah. I don't i don't know how to like color things like i'm not a colorist or anything like that yeah. like if someone was like yo you need to chop something up for me and make it work like you know, i'll it. probably take a little longer than the next guy but i could do it yeah um and uh my ultimate point with that is just like, like many things, like that was just another stab at like, do I have grounds to be like, Oh, I direct videos. Like, no, that's not like my thing, but I was able to do it. Like, I guess I took part in directing two of our music videos. You know, it's like, it's right. one of those weird things where it's like, I'm almost like sheepish to frame it like that. Cause it sounds like, so like self centered almost. And it, it's not really like that. Like that we have like such a, a dope crew making these videos, but it's cool that, that same crew gave me the chance to learn a new skill to the point where I could even go shit. Like that's what I did with these, you know? No, definitely. It's all, it's all learned. Like you said, like you'll, you'll get better over time too. Yeah. Like it's, it's not something I ever thought I would entertain the idea of like, Oh, maybe I could at some point do more of this, but like, fuck it. Maybe I could do more of this because right. I, I directed two videos, you know, like maybe, maybe I could try and get my feet wet with other people's projects but that's the other thing it's like this is our projects and our vision so like i'm so deeply tangled with like the the fiction of it all and like the actual written music and whatnot it's like it's a little easier to oversee your own thing where like i don't know what it would be like if i was like asked to direct someone else's video like that's not i mean i could come forward with a vision but that's not my vision like as like a band we have so much broader like we're like a very big picture band. We have so much like collective vision about shit and like in, in all senses, art, aesthetic, music, like, so it's like going into these videos, like we and I knew what we and I wanted. We're yeah. like, I don't, I don't know if I could do that for someone else. I've not, I'm, I won't know until maybe one day I try it, but in the same way that I didn't know I could do it for us, but like it definitely, uh, it's, it, it, it's less intimidating doing something where you're directly involved with the, right. the fiction where it's coming from your own brain, you know? Definitely. No, that's cool. That's cool. It's a joint effort too. A lot of the, yeah. the biggest, uh, you know, people that like make videos nowadays, a lot of them just do like YouTube tutorials anyway. Like that's how they learn For all sure. their stuff. You know, it's no, just, totally. 
just over time. At uh, end of the day, like you could learn anything from doing and troubleshooting with YouTube. Literally. Like and <laughs> a- any anything I've ever done in Premiere Pro, which is very little. Like I'm uh, I'm not saying I, I sit here and chop up videos all the time, but like whatever <laughs> I've had to do before, like anytime I hit a wall, I'm like Google, followed by YouTube, followed by right. whatever I need is done, you know? A- Anthony from from Bane and Fleshwater. Uh, he he sings in Bane and plays guitar in Fleshwater and sings a little bit too. Yeah, he he was like a big personal inspiration for me with that. I mean, he's like he's like one of my best friends as well. But like he learned a variety of things. But this just relative to the the video stuff. Like I just remember being on tour with him and watching him like get footage from like Eric of Vane videos, and I would he would just sit in like hotel lobbies and cut his teeth on like editing and getting like collaborating with Eric on getting the videos to a place that he wanted because he had a vision for that stuff. And like that seeing stuff like that was always like a motivator of like, yeah, like you can just learn by trying. Right. Like, like you can just go out there and figure it out. Like I'm sure like anybody, like a couple questions, a couple YouTube searches and he figured out things with his editing process and like helping contribute to those videos that like he didn't learn from like, a class you know he learned it from just doing and right and the internet you know which which is cool and i think people learned how to make music the same way in this day and age like stuff like logic and uh you know like fruity loops and shit like people just learn from peers and learn from youtubing the shit out of stuff they don't most people although there are classes for music production stuff don't attend a school to figure that out and the same goes for like tour managing and you know, like working in music, like all the fucking managers and agents I know didn't, most of them didn't go to school for music. Most of them are just guys from bands that learned the business by being in bands and started a career to follow. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see how much of like, how much of life is just taking a chance on doing and then acquiring skills like through doing. I know, I know I've said that 90 times so far, but (laughs) there's like a million examples of like literally that, you know? No, totally. And plus like, I know, yeah, and anything. I know way. Yeah, yeah sorry, 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 sorry. I'm just gonna, <laughs> no, I'm just gonna say, like, I, I know way more like self-made people than I do, like, at least in in like the worlds of like media and creative stuff. Than I know people who like went to school and you know came out the other end and followed like a linear job path. Like that, I think that works in a variety of fields and a variety of places. But but stuff pertaining to creatives, music, art, like I I think you find a lot more people who are like from the ground up, self-made, like learned by just participating in in culture you know right for sure and you could always send anything that you're like unsure about to somebody that you trust and just have them do like a production polish on it to make sure it's yeah exactly that that, that's the other crazy thing like look at like a program like premiere pro it's like right you know end of the day like if you have a homie who edits videos and you're new to doing something like that like you just send it to your homie who you trust and just ask him to to fix what's rough around the edges you know like things things like that are like a modern blessing right a lot of people are just like never willing to hit the wall and just give up too quick too yeah no for sure for sure uh when was the moment you realized you could sing um good question because when we so like going back to like me and harold being kids right like obviously we would we would like trade vocals back and forth which we kind of do in our current band now um but we would both like play guitar. I'm terrible at guitar disclaimer. Like I'm, I'm really bad um, <laughs> at playing guitar. Um, I'll like have like rips and dips of it through the years where like, sometimes I'll play a lot. Sometimes I won't play at all. Um, and I kind of get back to to speed, but like 
I just I'm just bad at making like complicated chord shapes. Right. But anyways, we would like you know cover Taking Back Sunday or cover Blink One Eighty Two when you both be playing guitar and singing. We like you take a verse, you I take a verse type thing. So like I knew I I could like carry a tune and like sing a little bit, um, but I never like thought myself to be like a dope singer. And also you're a kid, you haven't really found your voice. Like we were like covering Blink One Eighty Two before we were like. We were in the middle of puberty, you know, like it's like, like <laughs> I, my voice doesn't sound like it does now or even remotely close to it. Um, but I think like high school, like me and Harold kind of had like, we always did like choir and stuff through like middle school and high school, like just because like he did jazz band as people who liked music, like, and hated being in school, like participating in music in any capacity, even if it's not music you love necessarily. And, and we ultimately grew to love like choral stuff and choir shit. But like, even if it's not Blink-182 or Taking Back Sunday, it's still something musical. And I'd rather go sing in a chorus class than, you know, go take a science class. It's just what it was for me. And I, and I assume to agree this to a degree, the same for Harold. Um, so like when we started doing like choir and I was like learning to sing more properly, that's kind of when I was like, okay, like, I think I'm a good singer, but I, again, like I didn't, even at the time I didn't think to be like, let me sing for a band. Right. Like we were like, we, we would do like NISMA, like was like the New York, whatever the acronym is. Like you, like we would go like get graded on singing songs in foreign languages and stuff. We'd like go to Hartford and Ithaca and we'd like compete and sing like, sing these like ta- these songs in full Italian, like, <laughs> you know, like four, four part, like choral arrangement stuff, like, like throughout high school, which was really cool. But it's like, I knew how to sing as like a tenor singing like choral music. I didn't, I didn't think of myself as a dude singing in like any type of like punk related right, band. band. So it, it actually, like I always, because of that, I always knew I could sing um, but I didn't take another stab at doing that until Koyo. Um, in most of my time doing bands, because I was more of like a road dog than a band guy through most of my touring tenure. Like I had a band called Typecast that's still around, which haven't done stuff in a while. Um, you that play I would bass. play bass in, but I I would also like scream and shit. Like all, all like the hardcore bands I ever tried starting throughout like high school and like college time were like they were hardcore bands. So I'm screaming like I was never singing. Um, Koyo like that was we we took our first stab at doing it like fall of 2019 that's mm-hmm. like when the first practices and writing sessions were so so from like 2000 i guess i'll we'll say like 2013 to 2019 never once did it really cross my mind to sing sing in a band right. that was like the first time where it's like yo i i can i can sing i can carry a tune actually Maybe that maybe that statement's a little too broad. I, there might have been little moments here or there where, like, the idea came. That was the first time I tried right. in that time. Because there was also, like... You gave it an effort. Definitely, yeah, yeah. There were definitely moments here or there where there were talks of doing bands. Like, there was going to be a typecast side band called Prayers for Rain that never got off the ground where I was going to sing. I forgot we demoed, like, a song mm-hmm. um, where I was singing on that. So we did that at one point. Uh, like, the Fleshwater demo had been done for, like year i mean i guess at that time not that many years but like they demoed that at their old house um so like i remember being on vein tours in like 2018 and we were listening to the Fleshwater demo with like no vocals on it and there was definitely a point in time where i was like yo i'll i'll play in this i'll sing like we can go like i remember there was definitely like at least a conversation or two 
at some point in time or me and Anthony were like, maybe we'll like trade back and forth or something, or you could sing background. Like I definitely like threw the idea around that I could sing, but I, I never like committed to Koyo. And even that, like Koyo took a little bit for me to like find my voice. Like Mm -hmm. I, I sound a lot different now than I do on the first release or at least a little different, maybe a lot's an overstatement, but like there's, getting things like confidence, power, and nuance, like being able to sing softly, being able to sing aggressively and like kind of fry it out a little bit. Like those were things that came with time and reps. Like it didn't just snap right into place, you know? Mm-hmm. I really, and I definitely didn't like practice or anything. I just like played shows and like got to feel it all, feel it out a little more. That's all. No, definitely. I, I thought typecast was fucking sick. Like I, I love Thank a lot you. of those songs and whenever you guys do bring it. that back, like that'll be sick. Um, I, I definitely it's, think it's you guys are unique. In the, it's in the pipeline, you know, it's like, right. T- typecast is one of those things where like we toured a lot in a little time. Like typecast was me and Dylan were both like, you were young, main, main road dogs. You know, we were like in our, our like earliest of twenties, like 20, 21 years old. Yeah. Um, come, coming off of like, you know, he, he, he was in school and in college and I had dropped out of college after getting my associate's degree and hell yeah, you know, Sean, <laughs> Sean and him wanted to start that band. And, you know, it was an interesting time in the way of like, we all loved touring and loved doing shit with our like broader, like Northeast friend group. And that was our real stab at like going out there and getting our keep. And we, we got to tour a lot, like pre COVID, People tour more now because I think there's literally speaking just more money in touring, more support to be a young band and book a hardcore show somewhere random and actually leave with a couple bucks like to get you to the next place. But like mm-hmm. we typecast rarely ever got paid more than like $150. We were like, Damn. we did three full US tours in two years with a whole bunch of touring in between that too. Like two weeks here, two weeks there, a weekend here, every minute Dolan was in school, we were touring. And we did it for for truly no money. Like it was yeah. a, we were lucky enough that it usually was a break even affair for the band. When all was said and done, all the bills were paid. We didn't lose money, type thing. That's cool. But dude, that we were we were playing for nothing, playing for like small amounts of people, and it never really took. Like it never it never really got over. I feel like on that sanction tour we were doing right before COVID, it finally felt like it was almost there. And when I say took, I don't even mean being like a career band, just like you know, like have it be like sustainable to some sort yeah just like pop off and be like cool like like we could just bank on like yo when we do this tour we'll play more dope shows and bad shows you know we couldn't we couldn't bank on that shit um i feel like it was just almost finally there and then you know covid happened and you know people just sean got a job and yeah dylan did more school and got a job and like you know like you just can't no one was in a position where they could be like especially at that time, like I hate to like do COVID talk is just so tired, but it's like, you know, especially at that time, no one could bank on when shows would come back. So it's like everyone kind of had to just do their own thing. Um, But all in all, we are, we are interested in, in trying again, like the, I don't think we'll ever be like a touring band, but I know for a fact that like people want it back. There's like a whole generation of kids that never saw it, which is kind of crazy and dope. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's an exciting thing to think that maybe someone's excited to see it because they never did. So we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll, we're going to try and, make it happen it's just the honest truth is like between everyone's individual life schedules like coil included it's 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 hard to find the time like i would i had nothing going on i was a college dropout so like for me it was like if i had a weekend i would just go stay at sean's house right we jam in his shed and and like figure stuff out like it was a lot easier for me to like distribute my time than it is now and i'm sure it was easier for all them because we were all of us were 
1099 gang, DoorDash, Uber Eats people, like in yeah. between tour, like none of us had real, real jobs. Right. So it was just a lot easier to like pick a weekend and be like, here's where we do this. Now it's like, for me, it's like, okay, when am I off tour? Okay, I'm off tour for one and a half months. When in that one and a half months can I allocate an extended period of time to write, record, whatever? It's it's harder than I thought it would be, you know? Yeah. Do you think all that touring back then prepared you pretty well with the schedules you face now, now these days? Totally, because I also was touring with Vane too. So like anytime I wasn't with Typecast, I was with Vane. So for me, it would be like, you know, if Typecast did one full US in a year, Vane would do two more. So I'd do three for the year and then Europe and then Japan and all these like amazing things that I'm very grateful for and grateful that I got to do and, you know, still want to do. Like I still, I miss touring with Vane. I would love to to mm-hmm. keep doing it with them in whatever capacity I can. It's just Koi is a very busy thing. Right. Um, but it definitely like prepared me for, in a, in a lot of ways it prepared me for what I'm doing now where it's like my, I'm doing what they were doing, you know, for, for me, it was like sell merch and TM and learn that side of things. And, but you know, like there's just, there were no stakes beyond like, I want to like take care of my friends and make sure they're good. Right. You know, where like now, like there's some stakes in the way of like, I'm doing this band full time, not in hopes that it's like ever going to be like the most massive thing in the world or something like I don't I don't necessarily care about that. But, you know, like just in hopes that it's the best version of itself it can possibly be and has like the best run it possibly can, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. So like we're all either working remote jobs or working gig stuff in between, like making sacrifices to see it through. And that's mm-hmm. like the stake that like I didn't necessarily have with Vane where like that's their sacrifice. That's right. their baby. That's their, you know, band where they have to figure shit out in between four in tour and like figure out their life in between tour four. For me, it was like, I'm just going to go out with you guys. I get to make a, make a buck, hang out with some of my closest friends and, mm-hmm. and take care of people I care about and like make sure their shit works, you know, like I'm involved in their stakes, but it's yeah. not my personal stakes where Koyo is like my baby. So like yeah, for sure that that is something I wasn't prepared for. It's like that's like a real deal. Like so like some things, some some hold up, some days, some like tour days on tour. Like some things are harder harder than others because it's all wrapped up in that, mm-hmm. and that's like kind of a new experience, I guess. <laughs> Thank you.
Sequoia is basically a band that was a side project that wasn't planning on really leaving the practice space, and it turned into this full-fledged career for you guys, which must be wonderfully unexpected. Was it the oh, release totally. of painting words with lines during the kickoff of COVID that produced the shift in your career? Um, that is definitely the the start of it because we were on tour with Typecast like when we started streaming paint painting technically came out like March 14th, but we streamed it a week earlier. Right. And we were getting tagged in so many things about it at that time. Like just from friends, like not like nothing crazy. Like it wasn't like a, it was like an insane, like blow up or anything, but like, right. I had like type, like I said, typecast was a band that grinded and hustled and like, didn't always see like a, uh, even just like the ego return on it. Like we, we were a band that's like a lot of people like, yo, they're dope. Yeah. But like wouldn't, wouldn't always like rep hard for to have so many people from so many bands at the time be like sharing right. painting was like a, whoa, this is different. Right. Type thing. It was interesting. Like it was like, oh, like that's, that was like the first tip that it's like we're onto something. And then I think drives was the real like meteoric shift. That was where it's right. like, okay, like this, this is what we're, what we're doing. Definitely. We were prepared for that going into drives. We're like, if that's the way the the dice rolls here, that's what we're gonna do. Like, if there's interest in us touring, if people want to see the band at other places, we'll we'll do it. But drives was like the litmus test on like yeah. on, on that, and and it you know here we are. Like that was the real push to to push the band like that. Doing a band with your closest friends sounds like really incredible. But does all that time in the van and on the road ever cause a rift between you guys, or are you overall able to to cope and adapt to your to your buds while you're in like a work family situation? Honestly, like it's it's uh we we handle better than I think people would think. Like yeah. in the way of like, don't get me wrong, like there's times where where things rub and there's times where like being a band and operating in a way of like sacrificing so much to facilitate it with your best friends having their uh like having having like feeling like your friends comfortability and like sustainability and like where they're at in life is like like we we uh we're responsible for one one another i guess like to like to feel like if you fuck up like you're fucking up their shit that's a lot of pressure right you know like that's definitely something that like rubs and can be stressful sometimes but like the, the reality is those are my best friends. And when we get home from tour, we just hang out yeah. right away. You know, it's like, like we don't, I think that's, that's like the, the reality is like some bands probably are made up of best friends and it, and it like perhaps drives some riffs and like makes it harder to be friends authentically. And the one thing I'm very grateful with Koyo is like, like, yeah, like bands have up and downs. There's, there's some harder days. There's times where we get into a little argument here or there about this or that nothing nothing crazy like we never really have like blowouts or anything you know like no, no brawls like, yeah yeah exactly like <laughs> because we're legitimately friends but like yeah. you know there, there's there's some days that are harder than others but like the reality is we have when we're on tour it's like oh we're on tour with our best friends and we're doing dope shit and seeing dope things and when we yeah. get home we're home for a day or two and then usually it's like what are you guys doing this weekend you know like that's right I, i'm grateful we get to do it with like legitimately people i care about more than than most many others, you know, it's like, it's, it's a blessing, but it just, it has, it has treads of adversity that come with, with stakes and doing stuff with your closest friends, you know, yeah. like literally speaking, like doing a band and full sending it with your best friends is a stake in itself because you're like, God forbid this somehow fucks our relationships up as like peers and people that I've, I've known forever. Like, 
that that's a a, a, a terrible thought and feeling, you know. Right. It, but it but it's a risk involved. Like people people have like shredded twenty year friendships over over twenty dollars with bands, you know. Like it's like right. that shit happens. And and I I hope to God that never happens with us, you know. I I I, I love everyone in Coyo so much, and I just would never ever want that to be our reality i wouldn't want there to right. be a world where we don't come home from tour and go you guys want to get food saturday you know, <laughs> right like, that that's that's like i'm grateful for what we have for real r.i.p oasis <laughs> yeah yeah dead ass <laughs> what I'm saying. like I, I i i if if my situation was ever even like a shred of that i'm like i'm that's maybe we should just break up you know right. like i i'd want to break up before that happens like yeah. no no one has to be in a band no one like <laughs> I I could just get a job, you know, like it's like it's all good. Like that's not worth fucking shredding like close yeah. friendships like that. It's it's just it's it's too much. No, that's so sick having so many ride or dies by your side. But I I just want to say you guys are like super tight live too. Like everybody in that band is just like really good musicians. Thank you. I, I think you're all just that. super solid. Yeah, I know for sure though. For real? No, it's just straight up there uh there there's some next level shit as as a squadron. Like and it's cool right. to have seen feel like the band has like grown both in like synergy and like sound and how good we sound. Like it's definitely, it's come up a lot, you know, as any bands do, like, not that I think we ever like sounded outright bad or anything, but it's like, yeah. you just, you tour as much as we do. And you, you see, you see it tighten up. Like you right. feel, you feel when shit's like muscle memory, like singing mm -hmm. some of these songs is muscle memory to me. And that's mm -hmm. cool. You know, that's the best. So who named the band Koya? Um, that was our, uh, our old guitar player. We were originally going to name the band, uh, the L word. Yeah. And down to the wire, people weren't feeling it. And, and our old guitar player, Mike suggested the name Koyo. And it just kind of like matched the vibe and the, the feel of the, the record and whatnot. And for anyone that doesn't know that that represents like the changing color of leaves in the fall. Yeah, exactly. It was cool. like, especially like suburbia, like, you know, like. <laughs> local aesthetic it's like that just feels right where i live in a place that gets all four seasons like right fall is like both a beautiful time and the best the the tip of a fucked up <laughs> iceberg that is winter it's like it just felt like it matched the vibe of the band it's it's short simple easy to remember type thing you know are you a fall guy too yeah i love the fall i'm fall and summer fall and summer are my two that's that's my pair i love i love uh same hoodie season as they say like let, let me just walk around in hoodie and pants and right. enjoy haunted houses and ciders and donuts and all that shit like the fall yeah. vibes are fucking perfect the changing the leaves are beautiful but right. i'm i'm a summer guy through and through where like i know the discomfort is there like it's gonna be hot i'm gonna be sweating there's gonna be like like being outside is pain sometimes yeah but summer beauty a day at the beach, like swimming, like fast, like a, a, a fucking like an 8 p.m. sunset in the summer, like 830 at night. And the sun's just dipping over the fucking horizon. Like, <laughs> dude, I, 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 if that could be every day, I'd take it. You know, like that's 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 undeniable shit. The sizzle of the grill on 4th of July. Yeah, straight up. That's, that's a good feel. Grilling. <laughs> great shit. Undeniable. I, I grill year round out of out of attachment to summer. You, you must. Know? You simply must. <laughs> It's the only way I want my steak, dude. All right. Um. So so when Drives Out East came out, it was basically game on. Um. And you guys basically like all the stars really aligned, and you guys have basically toured nonstop since it dropped. Were you guys anticipating that one to take off like it did, or was that just kind of unexpected at that point? We weren't anticipating it, but we just didn't rule it out. Like we were like, people 
I think anticipated it more than we did. And we were just like, yo, if this is what everyone's saying might happen, like we should not rule out that this could happen. Yeah. Um, we knew, we knew it would definitely make the band bigger. Like we knew it'd be like, perhaps like a ticket onto some hardcore fest or even a tour or two, but like we weren't expecting totally what it's been, you know, we were just like, Oh, like this will be a level up for the band. And then some people were like, yo, this shit might change your life. And that's really what happened. Like it changed our lives, you know? Yeah. Um, so quick too. Yeah. It it was a violent shift. I'll tell you that. (laughs) It was pretty crazy. Um, especially even just like from like playing with like a, you know, like a legacy band standpoint. It's like, you know, in the same fall that we put out drives, we played shows with crime and stereo and the movie life and proceeded to play, obviously tour with Bayside and do the song majority reunions. Like, yeah. So we've covered so many bases for bands that are like monumental to me. It's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. No, the silent majority one must've been nuts. I can't even imagine. It it was amazing. Like both days were fucking awesome. Like the chance to get to, to play with them was like, Stupid. Again, not so, not something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like literally, we didn't rule it out. We were like, "Yo, if they play again, like I don't think it'd be that crazy if they asked us." Yeah. But it is fucking nuts. It happened, you know. Right. It's truly hard to deny the power of that opening riff on Moriches. I, I appreciate. I appreciate. That's uh crazy. That that is that is the hit of hits. I, it's definitely. I never. I knew that song was like some lightning in a bottle shit from day one. Like it. Yeah. It's special. But, like, I didn't expect it to be, like, the hit of all hits, and it, and it, and it certainly is. It's fucking dope. Do the kids hear that? Or, like, when he starts hitting, like, the symbol, like, you just yeah. know. You know it's time. We, 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 have, <laughs> we haven't dished it because it's like, yo, like, that's just, like, that's what it is. Like, it's become, like, a, a one of those, like, live. Staples. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yo, when you hear Sal start counting in that way, like, you, you know, it's it's game time. Right. Hold which, my which keys. fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, but like, like, I feel like things change and and we're 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 like a very self-aware band in the way of like we know like certain set lists for certain crowds like we like to like pander here or there with like a song choice or two but especially with the new record coming out with 11 new songs like 10 digits and mariches are just like perma perma set songs like they're just there forever you know yeah like those are just undeniable like those are like the ones that stay forever yeah and i can't tell you how much I couldn't tell you enough how much I love the artwork on that one. Like it feels like such a throwback to old school covers and is simple, but it leaves its impact. What was like the inspiration behind picking that photo out of the the many options that you had to choose from? So, so our guitar player, Harold does like all the art. He's done everything. Even the new record, he tag teamed with, with Ridge uh, from pain of truth um, and life's question and new world, man. Yeah. Yeah. Got got a lot going on now, but, (laughs) um, but Harold's always kind of at the forefront of the art and drives. We kind of played with for a while because we, we definitely wanted like, we wanted this, like something we chase, we chased with the new record art as well that I think people will see. Like there's, it's not the same as drives, but like the, there is this, like we wanted like a dreary coming of age vibe. Like we wanted, we wanted it to feel like not that drives like a full blown coming of age record. I think drives is very time and place where the new record feels like coming of age vibes um obviously it's a lot to talk about without having examples in mind because the record's not out but like Mm -hmm. drives is a very time and place centered record but like i think coyo like a a common theme for us is always like is like a dreary take on like coming of age like like that's that's our the band's manager's kid our friend james is like a lifelong friend of mine and obviously Mm -hmm. works with the band 
Um, that's his son Carson. And like those pictures are are initially cute pictures of Carson just like being a kid on a on a fucking on a playground. Um and like there's something so innocent about being a kid that like we kind of wanted to to tint it with some darkness and just be like, yo, like that's like yeah, that's a kid, but it's like how fucked up is life? Like that's right. that's the vibe we we're trying to catch with that with that art is like that like enjoy that moment as a kid where everything's chill because life gets so fucked. It's like not that's all like, Skittles and bubblegum, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like that was the vibe we were looking for. Like and, and you know, if Carson listens to this in ten years, sorry, buddy, like I ho- I hope your life's been dope. I hope life hasn't been fucked for you. You know, I don't want to use you <laughs> as an our solely as an artistic example here but like that that was the vibe we were trying to capture is like this sense of like life is dreary like life is hard like that's kind of that's kind of what we went for with the new record too but just in a different twist like it's there's this continuing theme of just like taking something like maybe taking something happy or taking something even just static and like emotionless and making it feel like dark like we're, we're 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 like we we like to lean on the the darker sides of the emo vibes, you know. Like we're, no, of we're, course. we like to be we we lean darker as a band, as we're, you should. We're, we're, yeah, we're 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 bad vibes, not good vibes. <laughs> we, we like the good vibes. Like don't get me wrong, like good vibes at shows, good vibes in opportune times. But artistically, we're we're a bad vibes band. It's the dep- it's the depressed band, you know. Right. I hear I hear Carson's a funny little energetic little kid. That that he is. He's he's crazy. He uh I'm he's like definitely like chilled a little bit now, but like he was like I don't know if it's like I assume this is fine for me to say this is a story James told a million times, but like Carson <laughs> like he James would be like working in his house, he'd be on his laptop and Carson would like walk up to him with like a handful of like his own shit and just like Wait, smack what? James with it. <laughs> and like just like he was just a crazy kid. What? I remember like I visited James and we were on tour actually. <laughs> And Carson was there, and he had, like, this toy car, and he just kept, like, driving it up and down, like, a fence and, like, a rail, and then randomly just screamed, bye-bye, and threw it over a fence, and then (laughs) cried that his car was gone. Like, he literally just, he knew what he was doing. He was throwing this toy car (laughs) over a fence into a ditch, and then he was, like, upset it was gone. He's just, like, like like many kids, he's just fucking crazy. That kid's ass. (laughs) He's been doing this thing where he spells his name. Like, like at school, they'd be like, oh, Carson, spell your name. And he'd be like, C-A-R-S-O-N, yogurt. Like, he just, like, just <laughs> not, like, that was, like, an ongoing thing at school. Like, he could spell his name, but he would say his name is yogurt every time he'd spell his name. Just, but J- James can obviously tell these stories better than I because it's his kid. But it's just, for That's me, incredible. like, being James's friend since I was 12, it's just insane to see his crazy kid. It's It's adorable. That's the best. How do you, uh, how do you deal with life away from home? It's a good question because I think for a long, for a long time, for the longest time, for most of my touring career, I loved being away from home. That right. was, I wanted to be on tour because I didn't want to be home. I didn't want to be still. I didn't want mundane life. I wanted to just be on the move constantly. Um, and sometime throughout Koyo's time, like I can't really pinpoint where that didn't 180, but the balance shifted. Like I can't say when, but at some point, I now like some still time. I now like being home. I like mundane a little more than I perhaps thought I did. Um, 
So don't get me wrong. Touring is not hard for me. I love touring. I love going on tour, especially with stuff like the summer lined up where it's like, we're about to go out with no pressure and flush water. And those are like great friends and can't wait following, following that tour. We go straight to Europe with flush water and flush water is basically just veins switched around. So again, like I'm literally spending my summer with all of my, many of my best friends, many, many of my best friends. Like it's, it's, that's the stuff you, you hope for when you're a touring band that like, that's what you get to do. Um, so touring is is by no means a chore for me. I love it to death. It's like a very very special thing, and I encourage anyone who has the opportunity to do it in any capacity to do it. Um, but I've I've found that more recently, it's it's just been a little harder to be away from home than it once was. Like I find, I'm not the guy that's like last week of tour, like fuck man, I want to go home. It's it's not so much like that. Right. It's more so just like when I'm home, I want to be home. Like Make it I, worth don't, it. I don't I yeah. don't. I don't want a month of I don't want my month off from tour to be like plans. Well, not even just plans, just like I don't I don't we had like a crazy fall where it was like get home from tour a week later do another week long run, get home from that, then play four shows, then get home from that, then go to Europe like it like takes away from like I guess like the sanctity of like being home so it's like when i'm home like it's not like i don't want to think about koya or anything like i we still we talk every day in the chat we're constantly making plans and mm-hmm. moving things forward with the band but it's like i don't want to i want my time off to be my time off i think that's been like the big change in the shift where it's like pre-covid like if i got home from one tour if you hit me up the next day to go on the next one like i'd be there yeah like or even if it's like yo you want to play three shows following this tour like it it, it wouldn't it wouldn't dent the armor, but like now it's like, I need real off time. I need off time to be off time. That's yeah. been like the shift for me. So I guess to, to ultimately answer the questions, like that, that is how, like, it's just, we've, we as a band have come to this, obviously we'll take opportunities as they come. Like if there's some stuff that's undeniable, it's undeniable, but we're kind of striving to build, build our years out with a little more. Right certain off time in between because it makes being on the road special, exciting, fun, where it doesn't feel like a chore, you know? Yeah. You just need the opportunity to refuel and just feel grounded. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, especially like, I mean, Harold even expressed like feeling this way now more. He wasn't always like this, but he's kind of grown up into this. Like a lot of us are homebodies, you know, like we love touring. Like I love touring to death, but like my upbringing is like PC gaming and like sitting in my chair at my (laughs) desk and like, now there's Discord, but it used to be Skype. Like, I like I would, I'm a, I'm a social guy. I hang out with my friends all the time. Like, but like my life before hardcore really, and before like touring was like, you know, it's like okay, we hang out all day, and then we go to our computers, and then we hang out all night on the computer. You know, it's like that's <laughs> yeah. like what we would do. Um, so I just need time to veg out and reset and kind of just like shut my brain off a little bit, and and that that keeps me excited about tour. Like because we've had two months off since this Bayside tour yeah. with, with very little to do aside from like a video shoot, one show, like just things that are by no means a chore, things I love. Like it's exciting to do photo shoots and video shoots and vi- like stuff for the record. Um, But because there was no touring breakup in between, nothing that interrupted this time, I'm like psyched for no pressure. I'm ready to fucking roll. I, can, Bro. That, <laughs> I, I wish it was, I wish it was tomorrow type thing, you know? Right. Dude, that, that whole tour is like sold out too, which is crazy. Yeah. Just about you know, it's, it's insane. Like everything is like over the 75% mark, like the all things like Northeast Midwest down to, uh, down to Texas basically sold out. I think the Texas shows, Arizona, Buffalo. And, yeah, yeah. 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 
a couple of odds and ends things are, are on the verge of selling out. Like Belasco has sold over a thousand tickets. I think it sells out at 1400. So wow. that could sell out any day. And like, I don't have recent ticket counts. That's just what I heard like a couple days, like a couple weeks ago, even. So, you know, stuff like Texas, like paper tiger, like that sold really well. It It's just a matter of time as to when it, like that whole tour is like, it's a matter of time for this to sell out across the board. I, I truly think every day is going to be a wrap like by day of. How insane is it that they're already playing Belasco though? That that blows crazy. my mind. No, it's it, it's nuts. I was at the seventeen twenty show they played uh, a couple months ago because because my girlfriend's from L A. and I, I was out there for a month with her. Um, like, that was a right great show. Got, that was awesome. Dude, yeah. It was fucking sick. It was amazing. Like that. Even seeing that, I was like, it's got a bigger. It's if if we're already doing seventeen twenty, got got to size right. up, and that that'll be that'll be cinema. That the yeah. Velasco no barricade will be fucking that's a movie right there. And and Soma sold out too, right? I think in San Diego. Yeah. Soma side oh, yeah. room sold out. And then I think the Bay is obviously selling very well too. They sized up on that since the last thing. So oh. it's like it's 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 crazy. It's gonna be fucking awesome. At, at Vets Hall? Yes. Yes. Bro, I was at that show when when turd style happened. <laughs> really? That's crazy. Yes. What I don't think that was even real. Thing to be to be present for. I I don't even remember seeing anything though, not smelling yeah. anything. I think that was bullshit. I think it was bogus. That that makes sense. I, yeah. I believe me, like some people just like to <laughs> to churn viral moments. Like some people just like to say shit and like right. knowing it'll be crazy. But um, that was like the best headline ever, probably for them too. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure it's fucking crazy. It's crazy. But it's I, yeah, really I was nuts. just gonna say I'll be I'll be at the Belasco and Soma dates, so I'll come say hi. Dope, dope. You're 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 in Southern California. Like I know you said you're from Buffalo, but I didn't realize yeah. where you're actually based out of now. Yeah, I live in Burbank, which is like dope. outside of LA. Yeah. I I I stayed uh when when me and my girlfriend first started dating, like we would just like I would go out there for short periods of time, like a week at a time type thing. And I, I I'm pretty sure I stayed at a hotel in Burbank. Oh like yeah, some, probably like, hotel. That was like <laughs> very nice and like very cheap. Like it was awesome. Like the Holiday Inn or whatever that's called. Yeah. It, it was it was something else. It was like I it was like a boutique thing. It was like they didn't have an elevator, but the rooms were really nice and like oh rustic. weird. It was, it was like, but it was like inexpensive. I don't know. It was like off a main strip of like road. Like I feel like I was like, was it Olive? Was it on Olive Avenue? I don't know. Let me. I'll, I'm gonna literally Google boutique <laughs> hotel Burbank because I feel like I can literally get my answer that fast. I'm gonna laugh so hard right if now. it's on Olive. Um, <laughs> probably is. We'll see. I am now having trouble finding it. So maybe this is a bust. I might have to just. You can let me know later. That's fine. I feel bad. I don't want to take up too much time looking, but I know it's. No, you're good. Oh, you know what it is? Fuck me. I'm confusing Glendale and Burbank. Oh, okay. That's That's like the next town over. That's my bad. We stayed in Glendale. Interesting. Okay. That's that's so close. Yeah. But I literally go on runs and I'll like end up in Glendale on like the first two miles. It's it's that close. Yeah. Um, LA is uh, still an anomaly to me. I'm still kind of figuring it out. I like it though. It, it's one of the yeah. only places, like, not one of the only places. I like a lot of places in America, but like one of the only few places where it's like, yo, if I had to live here, that'd be fine. No complaints. Like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a New York ride or die. Like, I really, if, if I right. had it my way, if I could wake up tomorrow and buy a house in Long Island, I would just stay there forever. Yeah. Um. Definitely. But LA is on a short list of places where I'm like, that'd be fine. Right. Like, maybe not forever, but like, if I had to do a couple of years in LA, I wouldn't be pissed about it. LA is great for like networking for sure. Yeah. And stuff it's, like it's that. It's a hub. It's it's undeniable. It's 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 definitely uh and also it's just kind of I mean when I was there in January, obviously it was like torrential downpour and like unknown amounts of rain. Oh yeah, um, it was so annoying for like freaking three weeks straight. Yeah, I was 
coincidentally there for all of that. It was an abnormality. <laughs> like, but like the the whole kind of like it's summer more than it's not vibe is definitely something that appeals to me. You know? No, definitely. So like you were saying before, last last March it was announced that you guys signed to Pure Noise, which if that's not a sign you've made it, I don't know what is. But you guys have a new full length record coming out. And is that gonna be in like late fall, early winter, you thinking? Uh early fall. Early, early fall. fall. So we we start rolling out songs this month, uh, or oh. the first song. We're basically doing a song a month. Uh the record is slated to come out in September. Sweet. Um I I don't want to get too specific, just uh in the interest of not like <laughs> torch you know like spoiling rollout plans but like there's a song this month there's a song next month there's a song the following month and then another we're doing four singles dude and that's the way though 11 that's songs great way to do it though but Love record it. record will be out in september it's called would you miss it like that's we we already put that on a shirt so i think that's fair for me to for me to say yes. 11 new songs like we we put a lot of fucking time into it so i'm, I'm really excited to to get it out there who'd you get to produce it uh, the same dude that did the ten digits and straight north singles, John Markson, okay. who did uh, he did the a majority of like basically like the whole later half of Drug Church's discography. Did the new Regulate record. He mixed the new Drain record. Oh, cool! He's okay. like he is a uh, he's a master. A guy, he he's incredible. A guy that's like very tenured as is, but like I feel like is having his like come up moment now, and I'm I'm very I feel privileged to be a part of it. He's like a fucking musical genius, and working with him is like one of those rare moments where it's like, yo, you got, there's another guy in the room who's on, on your level. Like you as the band making this music, there is one other person in here who's eye to eye with you. I feel like that's rare. Like some, yeah. when we were on, like that every band strives to have that when you make a record. Um, But some, some engineers are just engineers. Some people just want to press record, let you do your thing way in here or there. Like right. John is very hands-on in the way of like, He's like arguing with Harold about minutia, like theory crap that I could never even wrap my head around. You know, like they they were so we were so like uh, meticulous in in crafting this record that it's just uh, I, I'm I'm so grateful to have him be a part of the process. He we knew like when we did those singles with him, we were like, that's the guy. That's it's the guy. <laughs> so it was an easy amazing. easy atmosphere to create him though. That's cool. Totally. Yeah, we, we we shacked up for a month in New Jersey um, at like this farm did a week of pre-pro there and then finished the record in Brooklyn sporadically throughout the next, like, uh, I'd say like total, like pre-pro and all is probably like six weeks of recording. Yeah. Um, like one week of pre-pro and then five weeks total of tracking. Yeah. Um, but it, it was, it was amazing. Like I'm, I'm grateful that we have John in our camp. Like he's, he's the goat. No, for sure. It's nice to break it up too. Um, yeah. We, we did the, the big push was there. And we wanted to finish, but honestly, I think it benefited the record that we couldn't finish because I had a little more time to fine tune a couple things here or there. We got to right. redub some stuff. We, we dubbed guitars while we were on tour, even you know, like we we were working on the record, like because John plays bass for I'm the Avalanche and they were on the Bayside tour, so like we were working right. on it throughout the the whole tour and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Another goat, Vinny Caruana. Yeah, legend. I, I mean, I, I I mentioned this on another pod, but like he's on the new record and we recorded. Oh no way! Spot, like while we were on tour. Oh, it's sick. Like, yeah, that that's that's uh that song won't be a single that's coming out with the record, so it's gonna be a minute before people hear it. But like, Vinny like tracked it in Milwaukee in a green room, and it was like, dude, it was it was a trip for me to even be present for it because like that dude's music is like so deeply like entangled in my life and our band's career like literally speaking like so much is it like so much of what koyo is is borrowed ideas from the movie life it's like to right. have that dude 
do that for us and and not only that but like just like love the band and like be a friend and actually like look after us is like that that's a blessing that's some shit where it's like this i'm very grateful that we get to to have done this in whatever capacity thus far and however much longer it goes like that that's some like bucket list shit for sure his music just transcends time too and he's just like still still going hard even these days you know even even the newest avalanche song fucking awesome oh honey honeybee or something yeah dude it's great like he he is just one of those people that's like got it forever like yeah. some people are just meant to make music. He's one of them. He definitely is. Um, and he makes it like a prosperous lifestyle for himself too. Like he's doing this whole like acoustic tour this summer. Yeah. Just book him yourself. I love that. It's dope. He he's he's a person that always like stays in the mix and stays busy and just finds interesting creative ways to like keep the ball rolling. It keeps everything right. fresh for him as like a as a creator and entity. Like it's just again like one of those people where it's like some people come home from tour and it's like, maybe they like have a job or like work remote or this or that. Like I, I, Vinny's instinct is to play and make music. And, and it's a, a beautiful life that he gets to do that eternally. Like that's, that's right. all I could hope for anyone who wants to do something similarly, you know, is to just be able to do it year round. He's a true artist. Real deal. Um, is, is there a headliner to follow the release or will you guys hold off until the spring of 24 to take over the U S so, so yes and yes, actually there's a, uh, Mind you, these plans can change, um, right. as as any touring plans can. But our current plan is uh, we're looking to do a couple shows in the fall around the record. We're looking to do like a little week of shows on near us, whether it will be East Coast or not explicitly to be determined. And then like two California shows, we'll do a little fly out. And that's that's going to be uh, we're aiming for November. That might change. Like, bear with me. You know, these, these things <laughs> shift around all the time. Like any any day you can get a new email that that shakes up the plans but that's what we're currently looking to do followed by a full u.s headliner in march so it's like some shows on each coast in november to like celebrate the record and then a proper the first coyo headliner turn of the year and i heard there's a song with an accompanied video uh called you're you're on the list minus one which is originally a taking back so- uh, sunday song title that's pretty cool yes yes that is uh which, which is pretty crazy it, it was it was uh pitched for but not used um, but that, that is, uh, again, some crazy full circle cracked out shit, you know, but I love um, that though. <laughs> I mean, that, that's going to be the lead single. Like I, we've been playing this song live. Like that's, what's coming out this month. We're starting with that song and then slowly unraveling the record from there. All right. I got like 10 more and then like a speed round. So how, yeah, how, di- away, please. how different is the vibe when you're on tour with bands that like to hang out before and after shows versus the dudes that hide in their van 24 seven and don't keep company? I mean that that is my preferred vibe truthfully I think uh-huh. tr- like I'll, I'll with no discredit to anyone cuz like some bands have been doing it forever and like they need their alone time whatever yada yada that's fine do your thing um but being a supporting band being like a lower so- lower half of the bill type band like right. when when people don't want to chop it up with you it's discouraging we don't we no one needs to be you don't need to like be fake like everyone doesn't need to be friends or whatever but like when bands are a ghost and then perhaps like you're you're dealing exclusively with their crew and sometimes their crew are busy because they're working the entire time and maybe they're you know a little uh disconnected or irritable or this or that things you wouldn't hold against them because they're working right like it's like damn like so if, if your crew is busy doing their job and you're just chilling doing your thing you're basically just leaving us alone here yeah to 
to fend for ourselves. Like, I appreciate the opportunity to be on this tour, yada, yada. Coyle really hasn't had much of this problem at all. Right. But like just speaking from past touring experiences and the experience appears, it's, it's a bad feel. Like I, you yeah. always bands like Bayside bands, like Knox, who were like friends before we toured with them. Like th- those are like master classes and like just being fucking available and being a friend and like That's actually great. hanging out with the bands you take out, which is what you want. Because like, right. I, I know, I know this stuff gets tiring. There's a real touring fatigue that happens to bands, but it's like, it's special rare shit that no one is owed. It's stuff that like not everyone gets to do with their life. That is typically finite and doesn't always last forever. Like make good on that, especially if you're headlining, like be friends with the bands you're, you're, or at least, you know, get to know the bands you're taking out and whether, whether you right. mesh or not, like, you know, you can't force that, but it's it's just a good thing. A, a dinner, a, a hang on a day off, like a, a conversation at load in, like it goes a long way. Right. And honestly, like the best friends that I've had in my life, like based on my experience are the ones that reach out and like make an effort to hang out. Yeah. Like those 100%. are the best people. And th- that's, that's what we experienced, especially like, like, like with Bayside where it's like, we went into that, like not expecting them to be dicks or anything. We were just like, yo, like they're, you know, they've been a band for a long time. Like they've been doing this for a long time. Like if they're a little reserved or whatever, don't be surprised. Like, don't take it personally, this, this and that it was the exact opposite. We hung out on every yeah. off day and like hung out at every show. Like that, like that tour is so good that we have to run it back in July. Like that was literally spawned out of like how good of a time all three bands had. We're like, let's just do a couple more shows. Cause fuck right. it. You know, like it, it's, it's awesome. I love Bayside to death. Those are, those are incredible people. No, they, they've got a great reputation. I've heard the same thing that they're just good dudes. Yeah. Straight um, up. Like that's, that's a, the, the word is masterclass. They got it. Noct has it. Like, so so many of the of the bands that we've been lucky enough to tour with with truly got it, but like those those knocked. It's like oh we're already friends, so it's like it was just easy to hang out. But Bayside was probably the biggest surprise out of all of our touring tenure. That it's like they they were available down and and just made an effort, and and it, we also just got along really well. And I'm sure they're like one of the only um, bands that you've toured with so far that probably had like the least amount of like coil listeners in the crowd, probably right? Yeah, totally. Because here's the thing, like, the Knocked tour was, like, a big introduction for us to a lot of people. Like, you could argue, oh, that's probably the biggest sample size of people who don't don't know you. But the thing is, like, mm-hmm. even though we sound nothing like Knocked Loose or Kublai Khan or, you know, we even sound different than movements in certain ways. Like, their people are still a younger crowd that may may know who we are peripherally, even if they never heard of, like, listened to the band prior, you know? Yeah. Where, like, Bayside's crowd is, as they've claimed themselves, it's cult it's an audience that comes to see Bayside and doesn't necessarily seek outside of their network too much. Like they're, you know, adults that probably have jobs and lives and can't always go to every show. Like, right. So for them, like that is real deal. First exposure to us. It's definitely the most like pure real. This is the first time you're hearing of and seeing our band out of all the tours we've done. I would say mm-hmm. maybe Europe with Silverstein too, because like, we'd never played Europe before. So it's just a crap for people who are like Silverstein lifers. Like this is also like a crash course and like who we are. Cause we'd never even been out there on a, like a DIY thing. Like our first Euro tour is that Silverstein thing. Talk about a band with longevity, man. Silverstein's yeah. legendary. No, they, they were, they were also homies in that same regard. Like all the, all the sentiments regarding Bayside, like very similar with, with Silverstein as well. They, you know, it's Europe. Like, they had a bus, but we were, we're sharing green rooms and kicking it and chopping it up. Like they, they were really good to us as well. Yeah. Are you guys constantly thinking up marketing strategies to reach a broader audience or do you have a guy that handles all that? Um, 
Harold is definitely the guy in the driver's seat with that stuff. Like he's mm-hmm. like the guy um, that that's always been like at the forefront of it. But this, this is kind of what I mean. Like, I, I think we were talking about uh, videos earlier where mm-hmm. it's like Koyo is definitely like big picture, like hyper vested band. So it's like mm-hmm. a lot of the time Harold's the guy bringing shit to the table. And then that usually just spawns a conversation of like riffing back and forth about like different ideas and different, like we were talking about some like, uh, some stuff for the record, like literally, like I can't talk about because we're rolling it <laughs> yeah. out and not that far from now. But like we were talking about some ideas where it's like Harold's got like he literally woke up from a nap and had like this master idea for some marketing stuff for the record, and that that turned into a ping pong of everyone shooting their own offshoots of the idea, sculpting it. Like, but I'd say Harold's like the marketing guy of Koyo. He's the guy in the driver's seat with all that stuff, like things like the the email list, the telephone call stuff that we did, like he's directly making most of the art and most of the shirts. So he's like involved in the aesthetic of it all. Like he's the dude in the, in the driver's seat with that stuff. Typically. Um, our, also our manager, James has, has been a, a, a pretty, a pretty helpful resource in that regard too, because he's had some ideas of his own that we've, we've implemented through the years and is always obviously as managers do like the type to facilitate it as well. Like right. help, help build it up. It's also cu- cool because, uh, I know Pure Noise has like a lot of trust in us to kind of like forge our own path of that stuff. Like, I not that this is a bad thing, but some bands probably require a little more assistance from their their teams than ours do. Like, mm-hmm. some bands just need their label and their management to like hold that stuff down. Where like, you know, a lot of this is just like many things. Like, they help they help facilitate it, but a lot of this stuff, in all senses, like starts with our ideas, our brainchild, our our vision for stuff and like our teams of all sorts just kind of facilitate it, like label included, you know, it all just collides. Exactly. Um, who's, who've been some of your greatest mentors that have taught you the basis for survival. It's a very good question. Like in recent years, like I feel like we took a little bit of like mentorship from like all those at, aforementioned bands like i feel like right. we learned a lot from that bayside tour from all of them because mm-hmm. we were so like you know when you're friends with people like that like when you're on tour like you just get taught a lot literally speaking and learn learn a lot from like people just telling you about their careers dips rips and everything in between um i think i think early for me personally like because they're also some of my like best friends like it's like corny to say but like really like touring with like befriending and touring with like the whole vein friend group like those are probably like the people i learned the most from because we were doing so much side by side with and that also track transitions or sorry includes uh typecasting co as well like right but like the stony the part of the whole thing that made coyo happen is that like we didn't tour together for a long time and didn't play in bands together for a long time so those are my mentors and my peers in the ways that they're my friends and we grew up and came of age together Vane and co were people I met a little later in life in my like early twenties. Like I met them when I was 20 years old. Um, and we kind of had these adult coming of age experiences together that come from touring. Um, and I, I feel like I learned so much from them as well about brotherhood, friendship, looking out for each other, like not, not selling out in terms of like your band's beliefs, what you think is dope, what you think sucks. Like they, they just like, they set a high bar for like, like how to treat like one another's friends and how to like be friends. And like, I, I already had had such like a like rare experience with that amongst my like 
childhood friends that I'm still so close with now. Like I was like, damn, friendship like that is like lightning in a bottle. It's rare. Like you only find that once. I feel like I was lucky enough to find it twice. And that was a whole new set of lessons. But the common thread is like, like brotherhood, like unwavering friendship shit. Like I found that in both groups. And I, I feel like I just learned a lot about how to treat others mm-hmm. through that, you know, through no, like absolutely. Be, through taking care of people. Vane took care of me in the same way that like my Stony Brook friends took care of me growing up and still take care of me now, you know? That's what's up. Are you glad this band blew up post COVID rather than before? Um, to a degree, yes. I feel like, I, the, like the trajectory might, might have been super different. Yeah, I I, I think post COVID did us a lot of favors, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, definitely like sped up the timeline a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thing I don't love about that is that it just uh it just backed us up a little bit in terms of touring. Where like we had so many things lined up that it just became hard to do all the things we want to do. We did a whole lot of the things we want to do, if not nearly mm-hmm. all of it. Like like our our band's trajectory and touring tenure at this point has been a blessing. Like I wouldn't change a thing. But the only thing I would see differently is if if it blew up before COVID, if we had a little more lead time, maybe we would have just had a little more time to do a couple more mm-hmm. couple more things before we were like full blown tour mode. Maybe a couple more things before we were like Mm-hmm. booking stuff out a year ahead of time like a little more time to just liberally be a band and plan it play out shows when you want to yeah. do stuff when you want to do stuff with whoever you want like just a little more not that you can't totally do that now but there's just multiple schedules multiple life things multiple this and that's that that come with a, a planning out your year where like if this happened like five years earlier like we would have had a little more play time that's all mm-hmm. not something I, I i regret or feel bad about like i'm happy things all went the way it did it's just that would be the one, if I could see any perk of it happening sooner, it would just be a little more play time to just make decisions whimsically as far as like right. who and what we play with and when and why, you know? And I think you've already made it through the initial tough part of the grind. I think at this point you're in a, you're in a, like a good spot. So Agreed. Cool. I, I think we're just over the hump. Yeah. Like if it, it feels, it feels like we, uh, we're like we've been talking about it kind of at a, like a self-aware level in the past like two or three months like it feels yeah. like getting through last fall was like the last of like the grind grind like just like getting paid nothing eating shit like just to to get out there <laughs> right and don't get me wrong like we're, we our band is like doesn't make like a lot of money or anything it's just like right now, now like the the bar is just a little higher where it's like okay we can at least get a hotel room every night like we can yeah live a little more comfortably, do a little more comfortably, play a little more comfortably. Like mm-hmm. we can, we can bet on a certain amount of sustainability now that wasn't there before. Yeah, that's the best. Even if it's not personal, just as an entity, you know, like we can bank on the band being X level functioning when we go on tour. Yeah. Just a stronger group or all around. For um, sure. how, how sick was it getting to be featured in alternative press? That was fucking crazy. Like I, that, that's still some like, brain rather right. shit because it like i read ap as a kid like i got delivered to my, oh, yeah. my house and shit like to, absolutely to to be included in that publication was was a, a fucking blessing i was really surprised when, when we got hit up about it um did they reach out to you or is that something that just like appeared it it, it was kind of like situated via our friend michael dubin like that was like the the yeah. link was uh was dubin connect having connection to them and he was also featured in the same issue Mm. Um, he's like a, a classic Long Island guy that like was around in the nineties and two thousands and was just friends with like all the like broader LI stuff that blew up and a lot, a lot of like 
post hardcore bands and mm-hmm. you know like just uh stuck around and still stays in touch and we all kind of became friends a couple of years ago and he just helps look out for the band and you know just is, is a dope friend to all of us and takes care it's appreciated that that was like that was like through dube and he was like the the link there that's super cool now you got to get on the front cover yeah straight up that's that's the uh, that's next hey, i mean if they ever <laughs> if they ever come knocking my answer is yes uh, i i uh yeah got a record coming out you know so if there's ever a time to be an album cover it's it's lp1 yeah or, <laughs> or at least or, some or of those huge articles yeah 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 but it, the fact that it happened at all was was a just total what the fuck I, like that's one of those things where even my mother was like oh that's crazy like i i understand the context of why that's crazy right. I mean, she's really tapped in and like knows what's good because she just follows my life and all the band stuff like pretty closely like she she understands context and gravity and whatnot but like that was one of those like we're, we we all know how crazy that is type thing that's so cool were so, you on tour with um every time i die when vane opened for them back in 2018 yes i was i was on that entire tour Dude, I need to hear some some crazy Etid stories. You got any? Off the top of my I got nothing crazy okay. off the top of my head, but that tour was like a very like tightly knit tour in the way that like right. me and John from Bane, pretty much all of Angel Lust and Turnstyle, and uh and at least Andy from every time I die would just lift weights every day. We would just go to a gym <laughs> every fucking day. Love that. And I think that that in itself, like it might not be the craziest thing because I was just a feel good tour in general, like vibes are fucking high the whole time. So great. Um, but just getting to to lift with Andy and just kind of like hear some of his wisdom, hear some of his stories about like seeing shows in the in the the 90s and whatnot, like seeing, you know, being with Buried Alive and shit like those are just fucking cool. Yeah, um, he's just a dope dude. Like Andy was always really good to us. When we, we ran it back with them in Europe. It was while she sleeps every time I die vain and we shared a bus with every time I die. And it's like, it was just dope getting to, to kick it with them again. They were great. Yeah. Those are our, our true hometown heroes right there. Yeah. Buffalo legends. They're, they were the homies getting to, getting to go do tids. The season was just like, this shit's fucking sick. Oh yeah. Like, you went it, to that too then. Yeah. 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 We, we wrapped it there. It was Dude. a Massachusetts show day off and tids the season. Like so fucking sick. How crazy were those crowds at Riverworks? fucking nuts between the light show and the crowd like i remember watching with jeremy the guitar player made and we were like holy shit this is like some <laughs> other shit this yeah. band deserves a fucking national holiday in their right. city like this is like unbelievable it's also like their their bands like the dream in the way of like obviously things ended however it ended with them but like they got to have a long spanning career that's yeah. a little bit cult but still the band was pretty big and like they just got to make whatever music they want and have people that were down for it forever yeah, like that's the dream. Like that's that's all you could ask for as as a band. Yeah, it's just be an unwavering force. Have you heard the new band Better Lovers yet? I haven't checked it yet, to be honest. I've been meaning to because it's I'm pretty sure damn it's good. Awesome, it's pretty like, sick. The, the lineup's undeniable. You know, like that's like it's it's beast. You, you I, can I, you can hear Jordan underneath with the with the riffs. It just sounds totally eated. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure I will love it because I I love every time I die. The band's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, and and I liked I I was like a hot damn kid like that was like the one for me and like I never really yeah. like sought beyond that and then we toured with them and I just binged every time I die for like an oh. insane amount of time. Dude, what's so sick about them is like literally nine records and every single one sounds slightly different. Yeah, which is so cool but in, in a positive way. Like like there's ways yeah. where bands kind of get off track with like at least from like a listener perspective. Like you know not everything's made for everyone, but some bands kind of veer. Mm-hmm. partially one way or another um for better or worse and uh eat it i feel like it always like just uniquely shook it up a little bit 
Right. Like same, like the identity is there. Like you throw that on, and you're like, that's every time I die. But it, it it might be a little more rock or a little more metalcore and everything in between. And it all just kind of like lines mm-hmm. this perfect thread of continuity. Like they could play any song from any record when they play it and it would make sense. It goes off. Yeah, I think the the big dirty is definitely what got me into them, but hot damn, I think is like their quintessential like record for sure. But yeah, it's it's, all good. it's like the one, but exactly. It's like it's a it's a case where a band can have all bands have their the one inevitably, but if everything else is good, yeah, you're 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 the luckiest band in the world. It's a blessing, straight up. Does going to shows get old now? Like, do, do you get a feeling that you you'd rather be playing shows than attending them, or are you still able to enjoy a concert with no strings attached? I've I've actually kind of felt the uh, the inversion of that. Like like for me, it's it's actually going to shows matters to me more now because it's like everything I I have of my life is because I participated in a a music scene yeah and was a like functioning member of of a music scene and like not that it feels like an obligation it's just like I now care more to see what's happening when I'm home because I used to book shows too for a while and like I was like oh it worked you know like I I booked shows on Long Island for like four years and like oh, I didn't know just that. like was very entangled with what was happening on Long Island it's like everyone has little stints doing that. There's always going to be a guy, always going to be a dude booking shows, always going to be a label putting out records. Um, but many of those people broadly are friends of mine that like came up with me or came up a little before me. So it's like, I don't know. I just, I just don't want to be the dude that like fucking taps out. Like it's, it's to me going to a show is, is, is a chance to see all my friends. It's like not that crazy to me. Like I know some people get burnt and they're like when they're home from tour, they just don't want to do anything live music related, but I, I don't feel the same. For me, yeah. it's like I want to know what's going on. I want to know what new bands playing their first show. Like I want to see all the people that I've I've been seeing for over a decade and chop it up with them outside while everyone just shoots the shit at a show. Like those are things that like keep me grounded in in yeah. the sense of like like if I only toured and then didn't do that when I went home, I'd probably hate touring. Yeah. Because sometimes touring, although it can be a fun social thing and special thing, like sometimes touring's a grind. So it's like to just go to a show and enjoy it, like it keeps everything exciting, you know? Right. Keeps that's a fantastic happening too. That's a great outlook to have on it. Honestly. Appreciate it. And, and yeah, like straight up, like if I didn't feel that way, I would just say differently. Like yeah. I have no one to nothing to prove, no one to impress. Like if I hated going to shows, I'd just say, Fuck I it. tour full time in a band <laughs> and don't want to go to shows. Fuck like, <laughs> right. Like, but I don't feel that way. I just, I just love what's happening currently. And no, definitely. I see you out there. That's awesome. It. Um, any notable van accidents or, or gear thievery over the the course of the band? Oh God, so much! Like, <laughs> dude, it, it's it's fucking insane. Like, when I was touring with Van, we we were on our way to do a full month of tour with Thursday. They were doing two shows a night, doing full collapse and uh, we're all the time like full album plays. So two nights in every city, and for whatever reason, that tour was booked in January. Which hindsight, like, why? Why was that tour in January? That's fucking crazy. Like I know it was like mostly West Coast and like Texas, but it's like it's still snow. Like I just I I'm puzzled looking back on that. I was like thinking about that alone in my car recently. I was like, why are we on tour for a month in the winter? But anyway, te- Texas out, gets those ice storms now too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just oh, like crazy. Ba- no band wants to tour in the w- bands are like worried about touring in March, let alone January. <laughs> but we we did that and on our way out there on our five day drive out. We skid off in Wyoming and it was oh, no. you know the classic I eighty scenario great thankfully enough like we, we slept in a gas station the night before because the weather was bad mm-hmm. woke up sun was out we assumed everything had melted it's like 9 a.m we're driving um and then the van just 
swirls a couple times and skids off the road and and oh then uh, jackknifes. But thankfully, nothing busted. Like the van was fine. We were just stuck in the snow, um, in the middle of a Wyoming tundra. Oof. We get out the van and then. 18 wheelers start flying in our direction, like missing the van, thankfully, every time. But they're like heading broadly towards us. So we're all fucking terrified because trucks are skidding off the road in our direction. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, nothing hit any of us or our vehicle. And we had to wait a while till AAA could come tow us out and finish <laughs> our drive. But but it was uh, Wyoming has not been good to the broader van camp. There's also a time on that on a different <laughs> tour about nine months later where we were driving through Wyoming in the middle of the night in September. So the weather was fine. And this car just came flying right towards us, like was going to dead on collide with us. And Jeremy just made like the clutch shift to like the right to avoid the car. And the car went off the road wow. like in our lane behind us. We just, we didn't even like go back. We were like, that was just fucked. And we're going to keep driving. Perfect um, reflexes there. Yeah. Straight up. He's, he's Jeremy's a fucking legend, man. Um, Damn. And then, and then, uh, we also a wheel snapped off while we were driving in Oklahoma once on a van tour, and we were stuck in Oklahoma for four days in like this town, Muskogee. It, it basically was like <laughs> they had just gotten Taco Bell. It's like a, a new thing there. That's funny. Um, so like they 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 went flying, flying, flying off the road, or the wheel basically the wheel snapped off, flew in front of the van, which is crazy because like Jeremy had slowed the the wheel was turned all the way one way, so we knew it was like already like okay something bad is gonna happen i think we have a flat tire like so jeremy's slowing down he's, he's probably going like 40 miles an hour maybe even a little less wheel flies off in front of the van so the wheel had to fly off at like 60 to 80 miles an hour yeah. goes down a hill we pull off we're stuck on the side of the road about a minute later the tire flies above the tree line and explodes in the air because it was so hot wow. from snapping off the suspension of the van that it exploded like the <sighs> tire just blew Whoa. um but we were, we were stuck for like four days um it was it was a already like kind of a challenging tour for a variety of reasons it was the oh. kill switch parkway after the burial vein tour um Ooh. you know just opening bands following buses type tour like it was just tough drives and shit and uh yeah. that was like a real deal like what the fuck but honestly we had like a really weird special time checking up in a hotel for four days just yeah at the time they were playing mortal Kombat, and we were just gaming oh. and eating at ihop every day and that sounds Stealing incredible. Packs of water from the gas station across the street and just, you know, sitting in the hot tub. Like we were, we were just like chilling for like four days, but it was, it was a, a crazy time. And then uh, one more on the drain <laughs> Koyo life's question week that went to Buffalo Ooh. in Buffalo. We were getting wings and our, Oh, your shit got stolen, right? Yeah. Our shit got stolen. Oh, shit I remember, stolen. remember this. We were literally eating, and then we saw, like, some credit card transactions go off, and we were like, what the fuck? Hmm, that's weird. Like, maybe TJ's car got stolen or something. Like, <laughs> I don't, we, we just thought we thought it was whatever. And then we went back to the van, and only, like, our gear was all there. What was stolen was all of our important shit. Everyone's backpacks. Like, oh. I'm a diabetic, so my insulin, my laptop, our passports. We're about what to go to Europe fuck? in two weeks. Like, everyone's shit. Everyone's laptops. Everyone's everything. But we had air tags, so we literally pulled up to this house. Oh no! In, way. A, in a definitely a part of Buffalo where we were like, we should not be pulling up to this house. Oh no! Um, Twenty people and walking like literally like there was like two houses down. Like I watched like a family run in and like grab their like kid's arm. Like the kid was crying and they like 
slammed the door shut, like presumably locked the door. Like they thought something fucked up was going to happen as if we were going to like, right. Do something fucked. But we just went up to the door and we're like, Hey, like someone stole our shit. And the air tags say it's here. The dude was like, handed us a trash bag of our stuff. We got almost, almost everything back. TJ lost like $700 worth of shit. Um, but passports, laptops, my insulin, it was all in there just scattered around. Someone definitely in the house was just like rummaging through it all. But I think they just freaked out when 20 people rolled up to their house and like gave it all back. But he claimed that a crackhead sold him the the garbage bag for $2 and walked down the street. What and the I was fuck? like, come on. Like, I, I, we know we, like when we got there, there was a dude on the top floor who like slid like a door open, like peered out and was like, oh, fuck, we're caught. Like and like shut the door and then right. came downstairs. But we weren't like aggressive. Like we weren't we didn't come in hot or anything. We were just like, hey, like, just wanted your shit. Yeah. Yeah. And like they gave it back was what it was and we we pieced out like the biggest L was TJ lost his wallet his headphones and ba- TJ somehow TJ lost everything like that TJ sucked. basically lost every fucking thing he took and all hit. of us got our stuff back it's really strange oh that um, sucks but yeah that, that was uh that was and that was like a great day we like we did like the main of the mist and like did Niagara Falls We're like whoa everything's so fun and tour's so awesome get some chicken then, wings uh, it's <laughs> chicken wings and then just got our got our shit jacked, unfortunately. Fuck. Which but, which wing place did you go to? I don't I think it's like the whatever the one is like the original Buffalo wing. It's some tourist trap, I'm sure, but it was good. Was it Anchor Bar or Duff's? I think it was Anchor. Okay. I think it was Anchor Bar. Hit Duff's but, when you go there next. Duff's Duff's is my fave. Yeah, on no pressure we'll we'll hit that. Yeah. But the, the, next time we're yeah. parking closer to the door and like Yeah. Just, just on on some like superstition shit. Like I part last time what happened was was like <laughs> Which venue was the, that? Uh, oh, what the hell is it called? Rec what room, rec room, rec room, it was rec like, room. Okay, which was dope because it, it it sold out. Which drained selling that out is fucking sick. Cause... Yeah, you're playing there again too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you you know what it is like. Buffalo's like sometimes yeah. a hard place to like sell well in. So drain being able to do that even before this new record is fucking awesome. Great, yeah. Um, but yeah, we parked like behind a, a dumpster, mm. like. It wasn't behind behind like it was still in the parking lot, but like the right. view of the van was obstructed by the dumpster because we had the trailer. So mm-hmm. we were trying to find like some like corner parking. And then I think they just busted through a lock on the side door, which was basically like no one could see them doing it. And they just went in, took everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Sucks. But yeah, it's crazy. And end of the day, everything was ultimately fine. And in hindsight, 2020, like. We definitely like put ourselves at risk doing that, like that's the. Uh, mm-hmm. Perhaps an unwise thing to do. I wouldn't necessarily encourage anyone to do the same. But when it's, I also had an entire va- <laughs> so crazy March <laughs> of the same year. I was on that Vane Touche tour, and when we got to Oakland, our van got broken into, and everyone's backpacks went there. So uh, I lost my old laptop, my old switch, and a whole bunch of insolence. Like I kind of had this like this like fight or flight of like no no no, not again. Not twice this year, and that's that like everyone is on the same page. They're like, "Yo, like we're going to this house." We oh, know did you find it is. this time too? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, "Yo, like we we this all happened within like an hour," so it's like we had like a rare rare moment of uh being able to to address it right away. Like usually with like getting robbed and stuff, I feel like it uh you kind of you figure it all out like retrospectively. You're like, "Ah, oh, fuck, my stuff's been gone forever." Like that was a a real deal. Like. We can find our stuff now, so let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the last thing, I can't believe I have this many scenarios of this, but Sal's symbols got stolen at Furnace Fest by somebody. What? I don't know how. I don't know who took them, but his symbol case got stolen, and the AirTag was just some warehouse space like 40 minutes away in Alabama. Um, 
thankfully Sabian hooked him up with like a crazy discount on new symbols. Like he got like $4,000 in symbols for like 80% off. Like everything oh, wow. was fine in the end, but it's like, that is how much theft and car accident adversity I've had in my, in my touring career. I think that's everything. That's bullshit. Um, but more than you'd ever want, you know? Right. Fur- Furnace Fest looks like a sick place to play. It's dope. It unexpectedly dope. We truthfully, like we didn't think it was going to be bad or anything. We just figured we'd have like a snooze with set because it's an older crowd. Like we thought it would just be right. like, yeah, a lot of people, but not like a big reaction. Mm-hmm. I was totally wrong. We had a dope set, dope reaction, and all yeah. the set or most of the sets that I saw at that fest were like dope reactions. Like people yeah. were like going crazy. So I, I had I had a total wrong read on it, you know. Same with that L- LDB set. I was watching that earlier. That was crazy. Those kids went off yeah. on that one. Yeah. No, the 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 when the new one comes out, I promise it's even crazier. I'm like, so excited. This year's was like the first FYA we played, LDB 2023, like those are like the goats. Those are like truly crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we, we reached the uh, the speed round at the end. I ask a lot, a lot of bullshit questions, and you just kind of give me your best answer. Fire. So, here we go. I'm here for it. East Coast or West Coast? East Coast. Of course. Uh, favorite movie? Super bad. Oh, dude, dude, that the, the liquor store from that is like right up the road. It's like yep. 10 minutes from here. Yo. It, it's that's uh right or so the liquor stores obviously by you but the the gas station they go to in like the first scene the beginning where they're like look at the magazines and shit that's in my girlfriend's town she's from culver city so like oh okay we're all the time i was like oh my god this is fucking crazy hell yeah and i, I randomly and the know mall the mall at the end where like the outro scene with the escalators yeah that's the mall she that, like i was training at the the gold's gym at like the mall with her at that mall what like, the whole month of january i was like whoa this is fucking crazy dude that's so sick dude i love i love visiting like revisiting filming locations it's so fun it's so dope but yeah th- their high school is the venice high school i know that mm-hmm. that's cool yeah, it, it's all it's all that same broader kind of west sidey pocket it's right dope. all over the place um what's the best restaurant in long island god that's so hard because there's so there's so many good restaurants but like mm-hmm. It it depends on what food you want. Like okay. I know these are quick hits, so I'm really not trying to dive into too crazy of a tangent. No, it it's depends. Okay. But I'm just going to like stick by my own and say Seaport Seaport Delicatessen. That's what you want. You want to okay. go to Seaport. That's cool. what life's about. Uh grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Strawberry. Have you ever been annihilated in a mosh pit? I <laughs> have, but I've never been knocked out, knock on wood. Um, and I've never had anything really broken except my nose when I was 16. Knock on wood. Um, so grateful for that. Have you ever gotten hurt while performing? Um, I've like rolled my ankle and stuff. Nothing crazy. Like stuff that like hurts for a couple days, but I've never had anything serious happen, thankfully. Favorite movie life song? God. Uh, I'm going to say um, fucking uh, some this time next year. Uh Pinky swear. Yeah. Okay. A hobby that you have that some people might not know about. That's a really good question. I'm going to say just like video games, but like in the sense of like, yeah, like everybody plays video games 2023, but like me, me and our bass player are like fucking hardcore real deal, real deal (laughs) nerds. Like we, we liked like card games and strategy games and like, like, 
he's like a multi like has been master in like team fight tactics and legends of runeterra and hearthstone and he was like a a top player in this card game dragon ball super like in america like we we like our card games we're like very vested in in card and strategy stuff like we we live for that shit and i know you're like a pc gamer but you ever play like runescape back in the day yeah we're, we're all mmo heads like like world of warcraft like spanos led a, a guild and and was like a, a u.s rated like server top 10 guild like we we before there was touring and stuff there was grinding games like that's all right. i did before touring was just went like no life like mmos and stuff yo what about backyard baseball you ever play that game 20 plentifully oh yeah. goaded goaded i had a computer Absolutely. in my room at age five like i played backyard <laughs> classic uh who's the greatest band on earth That's so hard to say because there's so many that could actually fit that answer. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna swear by my own and say Silent Majority. Follow the discography. Hell yeah, Polar Bear Club. <laughs> mm-hmm. Real deal. Uh, wildest Real deal. thing you witnessed on the road. So many things that like like many of which would be like have to do with our accident stories, for instance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I think just a lot of like. Pop, like even unrelated to like show stuff, just out and about, like just being in like cities, like being in deep elm in dallas just seeing like random outdoor like drunk people violence just people being hammered and beating the fuck out of each other like right. we would just be like the amount of times i've been on tour just like scootering around or walking around just see two people just beating the fuck out of each other in the street and be like whoa that's fucking insane um <laughs> like like the qu- like the volume of that the amount of times i've just seen random violence around me that has nothing to do with me pretty crazy and i know you you busted a ice cap over somebody's head <laughs> or like an ice coffee Oh yeah, 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 yeah! In Kansas City, uh, a, a little drive-by coffee to the face to a hammered, hammered dude. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Which out of character for me. I'm, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the fight guy. But that was, uh, yeah. That was but I heard one. the story. It was pretty warranted. The guy was like charging yeah, yeah. at you. Oh, he, he was, he was. Uh, he, he definitely would have like him and his friends probably would have like shot us or something. We had to get out of there. Right. <laughs> um, bad. what's something you got detention for in high school? Um. In ninth grade, which technically was middle school for me because my, my high school, my elementary was K through six, middle school seven through nine, but your transcript starts in nine, but you're not in the high school till 10. Weird. Um, but uh, two things, uh, one one funnier than the other, but both interesting. Um, <laughs> my friend Kel uh, one time beat me over the head with a Gatorade a bunch of times. He's trying to be, <laughs> like, it was, it was cha- I think he wanted a piece of my cookie and he started hitting me with his Gatorade bottle. And we both what? got ISS for that. Um, like I remember he just ran after me and just was hitting me the entire time. And then like a, an aide came over or something and was like, all right, you're both going to ISS. Um, and then our last day of junior year of high school, uh, we sat in an elevator. Um, like there's like an elevator in the science wing. Right. And we just hung out there and played board games and shit. Um, like we put a table in there. We were just hanging out in the elevator and like the elevator was like used for like people like in wheelchairs or special needs. So every period we'd like pop out and like, clear it out and like let whoever actually needed to use it use it, it was like a very we, we approached it like very considerate minus cutting class <laughs> um and uh by like fourth period we like got in trouble and like they took us to iss and they were like hey like next year first week of school you're gonna have a week of suspension um <laughs> next year family all letters what? about it and, and then it, we came we started senior year and they <laughs> took us into like the dean's office and they're like hey like what you did was harmless and honestly really funny so just like it's all good <laughs> they said they that like, That's yeah they, they let us off they're like you were the fact that you like actually took the time to like let people use the elevator is like 
more considerate than like probably another group of people doing the same thing would be. So like that's sick. all good. Yeah, it, it, like that's like a rare. Like I'm, I'm like uh, it, you're from New York. Like everyone's like all yeah. jokes are at one another's expense. All we do is talk shit Always. to each other and be mean to each other. It's yeah. like that's just the reality of shit. Like that's just what we do. All that right. was a rare moment of like this is this is wholesome. It's all good. You know, all like right. everything's fine. Like like there's no this was at nobody's expense. The difference with like New York and LA is I feel like in New York people are less offended by like things you say. Yeah, for like, sure. Like you can say like a like a messed up thing to your friend and like you're just laughing about it like seconds later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You it's it, you don't take it personally. Like someone really needs to like right. go for it for for you to have like that fight or flight of like wait, are you actually like do you mean that? Like what the fuck's good with that? Like pe- people are right. like just quick to break each other's balls. Like I definitely I'll put it this way, all my friends from LA that I'm like tight with like the people that I like, I'm close with out there. Like, they have more New York energy. They got that, the mindset, sense, you know. They, yeah. they got they got a similar mindset. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to find them out here, but yeah, I like that for sure. Um, I'll just tell you something really funny that I did in high school. So I, I brought I brought those like fart bags to school. You know those you get from what like, are they? Fit? Like a fucking like, like a gag store. You go to there and you get like the little bag. It's like this like shiny little bag, and you like. But it's not like a whoopee cushion. No, no, no. You like step on it, and it like explodes. Oh and, shit! And then like smell seeps out, and they're called like Dude, fart bags. That's crazy. I didn't know what those are. That's insane. Literally, had never used one before. I just always wanted one, and so I yeah. brought them to school, and and with the intention that I was gonna put them out like on my school bus, or like once I got off the school bus, I was gonna like put them. Yeah, in the yeah, just do something with them. Yeah, and just fuck with like my neighbors. Um, <laughs> and instead, I was like telling people in my my cafeteria period, I was just like, oh yo, check this out. I'm gonna put these off on the bus later. And this one kid who's like a super senior fucking takes him out of my bag. And he's like, I'm going to put this off right now. And he gives it, he actually doesn't do it. He gives it to like this super shy kid at our table. You never expect to do anything. This yeah, kid, yeah. He brings it over to like a fucking trash can, steps on it. And like, you know, when like kids like will blow up like a Ziploc bag and then just like slap it with their hand. And it makes that like big pop sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this was like 10 times louder than that. It was like a fucking grenade going off. Jesus and, Christ. And so everybody jumps, but they everybody probably thinks it's just the Ziploc thing. And then within like 10 seconds, half the cafeteria is literally like just jumping up and running to the other side because the smell was so bad. That's fucking insane. And then somehow Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, and then and then somehow the word got around that I'm the one who had them and like me and like it our just whole falls table. On you. Well, no, it fell on everybody actually. We all got questioned at the fucking office. And I totally denied everything and still yeah. somehow got detention for lying about like one aspect of it. I don't know. It was dumb. Interesting. I, I feel like in high schools, half the time, they just don't know what to do about shit. Like right. in terms of like how they like delegate disciplining like a group of kids. It's, it's either just like all encompassing or all in trouble or like, right. I don't know, the you two fought. So I guess you're both in trouble or he started it. So maybe he's not like there were so many fights at my school too. Right. Like, like my school's like, pretty like mixed demographic like most right. all walks of life but mostly just like middle class like upper middle class kids and like a couple like really rich kids but yeah. it was mostly like really rich kids like fighting each other <laughs> yeah totally it was dope i actually i got i got suspended for fighting too actually and that's because one of, one of my friends like filmed it and when he got called down to the office uh he showed him the video i was like you didn't have to do that you could just be like no yeah, yeah, yeah. You literally could just said no. Dude, and I don't crazy. even I don't even fight. It was so stupid. I got like cornered in my like gym class to like fight this random fat kid that was just like wanting to fight somebody. And yeah, so, so everybody like, thought I it guess was I funny. Have to fight. Yeah. Right, right. And then he came at me and I was just like, boom, one hit. It was over. And Damn. then and then That's yeah. Fire. 
No, I know. And then, and then, yeah, respect, Tr- trust your instincts. You got it. Right. You got the demon in you. Right. I got it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was lame. Um, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Uh, good question. Um, like what's something it, that bothers you to the core? Like after you watch it, I, I'm, I'm double checking if it's the name because I, I, I always like flip it with another, another series. It's not not insidious oh sinister sinister dude sinister scared the fuck out of me that really was effective actually dude sinister is like one of the only horror movies i'm usually usually pretty chill with like Mm -hmm. i've I've watched many and like they don't usually resonate sinister scared the fuck out of me for sure did you ever see the movie max keeble's big move yes i did you want to hear something really fucking crazy i met the dude that played sinister right and Mm. he literally tells me i I saw like a max keeble thing like on his like table because he was like signing stuff and I'm like, yeah. what, what's that? Like, I love that movie. And he's like, oh, I was one of the kids on, like, the bikes in that movie. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Dude, that's like, insane. It's insane, yeah. You would never what think. What a fucked up career. <laughs> like Just, crazy. like, a random kid in that. Yeah. yeah. I can't we, remember we what scene, but. That. Dude, right. Sinister scared the fuck. Like, horror movies don't scare me. That's why right. I shortlist that. Like, Hereditary scared me, but that scared everybody. It's just, like, yeah. a very abrasive movie. Like, that's a like great Sinister, one. Sinister got me. Like, that was like, damn, this shit's fucked. Do that old footage of them like getting dragged in the in the pool with like the pool chairs and like the cinder blocks like drowning them Dude. like oh freaky nightmare fuel so fucking terrifying. Um, what's your favorite Taken Back Sunday song? Uh, I'm gonna. It's not like a crazy deep cut or anything. Decade under the influence. Um, that that's like that's like the goat of all songs. Like that song is fucking amazing. Um, I will also just on a side tangent say. Most underrated DBS shit is new again. Particularly, everything must go. That record's amazing, and that song's incredible. What's the main single off of that? I like. I do like that one. Uh, Sink into me, I think. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, that record's great. Tons of great songs. Carpathia. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I always, every opportunity I have to rep for that record, I do because I, it just went so people slept under on the rate. It, yeah, it's just, it just lives in the shadow of three like goaded records. Like right. that shit's amazing too. Loud or not, it was got like a, a special place in my heart because that's when I got into them, but. I, I would sure. say uh, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. They're all like any of the first three records, like is a, a totally valid, like, Oh, that's the best one answer. You know, is decade under the influence. The name of that album. I can't remember. What's, what's the no, name? It's, of that uh, it's where you want to be. Yes. That's, that's probably my favorite overall though. Same. Where, yeah. I'm aware you want to be head through and through. Like that's my record. I hold that one closest, but like, yeah, they're all great. Like that, well, at least, you know, they're all awesome. What's a local hardcore band. You think people should check out? It's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, I mean, there's many cause like long Island's just, Lit right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna say heads will roll, which okay. is my our, our our homie Billy, who's like just if you've seen Koyo in the Northeast, you've probably seen him diving and shit. He's like a very close friend of all of ours. Um, I also want to say them because hardcore is like very it's like very heavy, very metallic. Like and I love that shit. Like I definitely like uh, lean more on that type of stuff. But heads will roll is like a nice like just a normal hardcore band. And I feel like there are, right. there's like a lot of hardcore bands that all have like a caveat right now. It's like, Oh, like it's hardcore, but like with this, this influencer, it's more metallic or it's death metal or it's pop punk. Like, yeah. like heads will roll is just a hardcore band. And that's why it's cool. Um, also, I wonder if, prim- I wonder if they're, they're named after that eats head lyric in the, in the EP where like heads will roll. <laughs> no, knowing Billy, probably not, but oh, okay. we're in Buffalo perhaps. Okay. But uh, <laughs> also a band called private mind, which is just like, I, I think they put out a record on, on, I don't want to, say anything <laughs> i can't say but like on like a notable hardcore label now but um but uh that's like an underrated long island band like i feel like us and standstill like got rolling like pretty hot 
and like private mind just didn't come up as as like maybe because they don't really tour as much but like we kind of had like this collective come up and like i feel like people outside of the northeast don't know that band as much private mind is fucking awesome they're amazing hell yeah worth listening to stand still fucks i like them a lot too yeah they're dope homies of ours and and you know we we put our first like shows together and shit yeah what's the coolest roadside attraction on tour that you've seen like something weird on the road Hmm. good question i I, I haven't gone to many at all. Like I've I passed like the thing and the Texas uh chainsaw <laughs> yeah. gas station, like all these like various ones that I feel like we rarely popped into any. Truthfully. Right. Actually I still have my leather faced keychain on my my keys right now from that gas station. Bass trip. That is dope. I must yeah. I'll, I'll I'll for the with the question in mind, I'll say that one because that, that shit is dope. That is cool. They got like the, the replica van outside. It's kinda mm-hmm. nice. It's awesome. Um okay, what's what's the last item you threw at someone? <laughs> Good question. Always love asking this one. Hmm. A mic stand, honestly. Really? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah that's the last thing I threw. <laughs> All right. Well, what's your favorite food? Um I I am a like American Italian, American deli food, and like Thai food head through and through. So I'm just gonna let those oh. things all be like the goats. Like I love a good sandwich. I love a good yes. slice of pizza. Like to a point where it's it's difficult to decide. So I'm just going to say like America's take on deli food and Italian food hold a very close place in my heart. Is your is your girlfriend still in Glendale? No, she she's uh oh, okay. she she's out here with me right now. She she kind of goes back and forth. We'll like spend a couple months in LA and a couple months here. Nice. There's there's this but place like she's here. There's a place right around the corner called Summer Buffalo. Great great Thai place. Next time you're here. I I will keep that in mind. That's fucking dope cuz I I do love me some Thai food. Yeah. Next time um, I'm out there that'd be awesome. And what's an instrument you'd love to learn to play? Um, I would love to be good at drums. I know how to, mm-hmm. I can play guitar, bass, and drums at like a layman's level. Like guitar a little, or, and bass maybe a little better than drums. But like drums, I can like, like early coil sessions, I would like work out the songs with TJ playing guitar and like me playing drums, like just to like get the broader points out mm-hmm. there. Like I would show Sal, like, here's what I'm thinking. And he would get what I'm saying. Yeah. I would love to be like nasty at drums. Like I, whenever I own a home and can like secure a drum set in like a, soundproof place i would I would love to just grind out like chops right. for drums just replace sale just like move the drums to like the center of the stage yeah just doing the four piece <laughs> <laughs> all right last couple let's do it best venue sure. um that's fucking tricky uh, i'm gonna say i guess to play or the the goat like on long island like size scope wise for bigger shows with 89 north in recent years okay there's so many like everyone's got a best venue like like there's so many VFW halls I could give that answer to, but like right. 89 North for like a mid-sized room, like 600 cap, perfect mm-hmm. stage height when it packs out. Like diving there is perfect. Like, mm-hmm. like a lot of a lot of really great shows there. But that's that's probably the best one I can recall in the grand ecosystem of Long Island. But mm-hmm. San, Sand City Brewing in Lindhurst has been like a hot spot recently too that I really like. That's Just cool. As a side note: What's the uh, best city to play shows in? Outside of the like. Long Island is yeah. for us like an undeniable thing. So I'm going to bar that. Honestly, LA. Like okay. playing LA is like the shit. Every time we play LA, it's fucking awesome. It just goes off. All it's right, undeniable. Uh, your favorite record of 2023 so far? Good question. I'm always so bad with like. <laughs> it's hard to think. Yeah. The shit. Cause I, I, I it, my ADD brain has to look at my fucking Spotify, you know? No worries. Um, I'm, I'm going to say. There's some good ones coming out. 
Because I know the Drain record just dropped. I listened to it. And it's dope. That was fun. I'm, I'm trying to think of like what else this year is this year versus last year. Right. Look, New Mind Force was last year. The Boy Genius one was kind of cool. I mean, that's not really like my yeah, style typically, no, but that was cool. I, I feel that my girlfriend's been playing that one a lot, and and I'm I'm definitely fucking with it. Yeah. Um, there's so much stuff in 2022 that came out that I loved. It's like it's making 2023. Yeah, it's kind of hard to think. I'll say, I'll say a brief pause on this, and I'm happy to reconvene. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure we'll figure that out. I have to like remember what's what's new. Um, Xbox or PlayStation? Uh, PlayStation, but with a respect and love for Xbox 360 because that was a cultural moment. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3? Just fire. Hell yeah. Just gas. Biggest regret? Um, Not, not because so this stuff doesn't matter that much because life just figures itself out in whatever order it does. Like yeah. doing one thing or not doing one thing doesn't make or break these stuff. But I wish I just would have dropped out of, quit my job and dropped out of college sooner because I could have done a couple more formative tours that I had offers to take with like Vane and other friends bands right. like separated Jukai. Like I, I got hit up to do all these tours in 2016 that I said no to because of a job at the diner that I just got waiting tables that I didn't need. Yeah. That sucks. College is such a fucking waste of time. Yeah. It, it, truly, truly like college was like, whatever. Like I'm glad I got my associates, I guess like, it's just fine. Nice to have to know I can be yeah. halfway done at any time, but like missing touring of any capacity for a job when I was 20 Stupid yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Really dumb. I didn't need to keep that job. <laughs> um, and then what are you most proud of? Um, Like the, the, the given is like, oh, like Koyo, but like really it's just like, like that aside, that bar, just like uh, proud to still have the, the friends and people in my life that I have because a lot of people's friend groups and life dynamics shift up and shake up. And it's like, end of the day, like I still got, most of the people I grew up with that I call best friends as my best friends now. And that's uh, a pretty big friend group too. Like it's not, I'm not talking one or two people I'm talking. I got like 10 or 11, like forever people in my life. And then like the whole Massachusetts group too. Like I got some, I got some lifers that I am very lucky to to keep in my corner and I'm grateful that I have. That's very the proud best. Of that. Now you can sense all the hard work you've done, not only in the music, but just like keeping all your, your loved ones around you. And that's, that's what's up. I love that appreciate that for real but dude thank you so much for doing this this is this is a blast i'm, I'm so happy to have you on this thing and Truly appreciate um, you having me i, I had, a, had an ill fucking time this was dope I'm, <laughs> hell yeah it was great i i love just chopping it up about various things like I, i'm the type of guy that sh- probably should have a podcast but it's too lazy to do one dude so like you you, you carry look- the conversation so well i was like thinking that the whole time like he should have a podcast i appreciate that for real like i i, I yeah. do like it's just like I I just I love to talk. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a prowler. I just right go on forever. But uh, but I appreciate you having me and just giving me a chance to to chop it up about so many different things, man. No, for sure. Did you bring that rig with you, or was that just somebody's house that you're at? No, that this this so a slight correction from the beginning. I was in Connecticut yesterday. This is my room. This is my house. Oh, all those things where in the beginning, like I didn't want to like cycle back to i was like oh well, just, it's me not to clarify it doesn't matter but oh, like, that... <laughs> i am at my house i hung out in connecticut with my friends for two days and now i'm home it's fine i was like i, I, I was I, like I damn he brought he brought his us, whole rig with him i would i would save us the butt actually and i was like <laughs> it's, it's fine i can be in my friend's house does it doesn't matter too much to the context that. of this that's so sick where, where can your fans find you like what are your uh social media handles 
Uh, my my socials for everything are just my name, which is Joey Sharmonte. That's spelled C H I A R A M O N T E. I got a long, annoying Italian last name. Gotta love that. Um, every, <laughs> everything for Koyo is at Koyo L I H C on everything. Koyo Long Island Hardcore. Um, I know our band doesn't always sound like that, but that's our scene. That's where we're from. And uh, I guess the good now that most people I feel like hardly make it to the end of these things, but like I'm also starting up a little label on Long Island called 51st State Records. And I'm I'm dropping a, a tape for a band from Long Island called Submerge at the uh the middle of this month. That'll be like the first thing I'm doing. Just fifty tapes for like a dope band from here that just needs a, a little extra push. So Hell 51st yeah. State Records. If you if you make it this far, the page is up. I haven't publicized it or anything, but if you look on Instagram, it's there. You could be the first follower if you want to be. And if you made it this far, you're a real one. Uh, yeah, real deal. Straight and- up. I Podcaster commitment. I listen all the way through nine out of ten times, but not everybody does, you know. You got to, you got to, and uh, catch catch Koyo on tour with no pressure in Fleshwater. And if you're in Buffalo, you should definitely sell that show out because uh, if you look at the flyer, half half of that uh, first tour is already sold out, or actually the the whole first half, just Buffalo is the only one that's not sold out. Yeah, it, it's so, it's the only thing between here in Texas that's not. So if you're in Buffalo, please God come to the show. It'll be that's awesome. some bullshit. <laughs> it, it's it's a dope lineup. It'll be dope vibes. That venue's awesome. Yeah, if you're if you're a Buffalo kid that doesn't go to that many shows, yeah. this is the time to clock in and go to that show. Get out there, Buffalonians! Mm-hmm. But yeah, dude, uh, I'll see you in LA and San Diego. Can't fucking wait. Uh, thank sure. you so It'll much again, dope. and yeah, I'll come say hi. It'll be cool, dude. One hundred percent. Can't wait to kick All right, it, man. Cool. I if you ever need anything, dude, I'm always here. Dude, thank you. Vice versa. Hit me up anytime oh, yeah. you're in the in the Long Island area. I'm I'm if I'm on tour, I'm around, you know. Sounds cool. Definitely. Actually, you know, I might even be up there uh in the summer at some point. I'm gonna probably do another road trip, visit my cousin. So I'll hit Yo, you up. I'm home most of July and August. Bang my line. Hell yeah, let's do it. All right. Yeah. All right. Have All right. a good one, man. Out, Take bro. care. You too. Thanks so much. Take it easy. Be good. Why should it-